I need that sports, sports encyclopedia. We were at Steve Kim. Got Trent in the cut. Yeah. The cut. The cut. What up, what up, what up, man? The real Coach JB. My main man, Big Smitty. Ah! Are y'all ready for this? Run like something to prove it. Came to a conclusion that it's crazy. Man, I'm ready for it. Smitty and JB. JB and Smitty from West Coast to your side. Worldwide, we in your city. Keep it one fifty. We never change what's happening. Hurdle Lincoln. In any metric, coach, you cannot have Russell Wilson. Nick gave me my first offer. Like, it, it, you gotta have that story. You gotta be marketing. Hockey, football, baseball, then basketball. Oh, I love this fucking show so much, dude. Are you mixing light and dark? At 11 a.m. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm elated that I can be able to coach, that I can be able to mentor these kids, uh, and give them everything that I've learned over the last 20 years. Get Smitty and Jason Brown killed it, yeah, it's a wrap. We won the games we missing, we switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we killed it, yeah, it's a wrap. We won the games we missing, we switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach JB. I need, I need that sport. What up, what up, what up, what up? The real coach JB is back. We're back. We're back. I'm white and this motherfucker is black. Ah! We back, baby. No more running from me, JB. You ran for me for two weeks. College football is back. NFL football is coming back this week. And I'm back and we back, JB. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We're chilling. We're chilling. We're in the building, man. We got a big late slate today. We got Steve Kim later on, Big Matt. Uh, we got new show sponsors, new layouts. I'm on a laptop now, just chilling. I got room to move around. I got two things. We got new merch, new gear. Look at the mug. Check my mug out, JB. Yes. The haters gonna be mad at this. Hey, I got I got angles. <laughs> I got angles. I got all kinds of shit cracking. We got a big, big shit. We're about to do big things this year. I'm just telling you. So I hope you guys are ready. It's football season, and it is full go. Uh, we got a lot going on today, Big Smitty. Look at this, JV. Look, they're already going at it. I already knew it. Background. <laughs> big Smitty got a new background cracking up. Yeah. Jada Ben's in the house. All the OGs in the house. A lot of members got to re-up. Make sure you pound that like, subscribe today. We got new membership tiers, obviously, because this ain't free. We got the best show on planet ERF. So make sure you pound the like, subscribe, become a member today. Uh, we got a lot of new sponsors. We got Factor 75 coming back, Bet Online. We got a new sponsor, Prize Picks. And we got a new sponsor right behind me, AQMS, the number one moving company in the world for professional athletes, businesses, and residential. They are a new proud show sponsor as well. So make sure you pound the like today. We got a lot going on. It's football. It's Monday, and it is Eric Weddle Monday. So we got to give a little schedule update. It is Labor Day. Happy Labor Day to everybody. Um, it is Labor Day. So here's the deal. Eric's slated to be on Mondays, but we have him scheduled for the 11th, 9-11 next Monday because it is Labor Day, and he is a high school head football coach. And high schools often practice in the mornings when it's holidays. 
uh, so they don't waste their whole day away from the family. That's just kind of what we used to do. That is what Eric's doing. So Eric won't be on the show today, but his start officially is Monday, 9-11. Obviously, 9-11 national holiday. Um, it should be as well. So that is what it is, and uh, you know. But today we'll have Matt, we'll have Steve, and uh, and Big Smitty and I, man. We're here to bring the heat, Big Smitty. So I don't know. I don't know what's been going on. You've been ghost for two weeks running from me because I know you got whooped all, all off season. Now it's football season. You're really going to get that ass whooped. Uh, you've been in Jamaica. Yeah, come on. Come on, man. What's hey, really I, was in Jama- I was in Jamaica. I was drinking that, that good rum punch, that coconut rum, that chocolate rum, man. Me, me and the wifey, a full week pretty much of just relaxation. The, the water was warm, beautiful. I mean, we went on excursions, waterfalls. You know, I'm from the hood, JB. I, some of the stuff I saw in Jamaica, I've never seen in my life. It was, I'm going to be real. It was all just black people everywhere, JB. So I've never been on vacation. And that's all I've seen. It was uh, relaxing. But I'm so happy to be back, JB. This is the perfect time. You know, we we now got stuff to talk about for real every week. This whole summer, me and you have been doing what we had to do. But now we got real deal topics. It's about to get hey, crazy. Hey, you sitting on this motion graphics we got cracking? <clears throat> Hold on. I didn't even see that, JB. What's that in the back? Matt, bet online, moving and shit. I, it's like, I'm like, damn, look at this shit. Uh-oh, get a book. Coach JB store. Factor 75 like that. Damn. We got hey, shout out to Joe Baker, man, the coldest guy in the world, man. That's my guy. Hey, um, let's get to the brass tacks here, Big Smitty. Let's start to show off quote of the day. Let's get quote of the day going. Yep. If you want results, Big Smitty, they don't come for free. Ooh. So I don't know if you realize that, but if you want results, they don't come for free. Um, and uh, I think people need to understand that. Um and and contrary to belief, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Believe B L E A V. Get you fifty percent off. Welcome bonus. It's college football, NFL. BetOnline.ag. Go check it out. Um, contrary to belief, if it were easy, Big Smitty, everyone would do it. Amen. It's really that simple. It's really that's really contrary to belief. Because <laughs> I don't, I think people every every one of you guys think you got the winning lotto numbers every time you walk in Seven Eleven. You don't. Uh, difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations, contrary to belief. Mm. Hey, Smitty, I'm going to be honest. Uh, great segue, because uh, difficult roads lead to beautiful destinations. If you ask Coach Prime and Deion Sanders in Colorado, I think he would use that uh, specifically in that regard, because... He's, he did what everyone said he could not do, and there's no greater feeling in the world than doing something sem- someone said you could not do. And that's my motto. That was on my door in my office. I talked to Prime. That is on his door. He loves that quote as well. It's great. Here's what I do. I would tell Prime before we even get into it. When you are good at something, you tell us. When you are great at something, we tell you. Mm. Your breaks, Prime. I love what you're doing, but you beat a bad TCU team. I told you six months ago Colorado was winning today. I told you Colorado was winning that game. Big Matt told you Colorado was winning that game. And did we not, Big Smitty? Just hold on. Did I not say Colorado was winning the football game? You did say that. You did say that. I'm going to give you flowers. You said it. I'm not going to lie. Yes. Let's be real. I said it. I knew that. The hype. 
all that was real. So I, 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 I'm just telling you, um, I said they were going to win, but I also said TCU is a four-win football team this year. Let's not act like we beat Alabama and won the fucking national title. Let's pump our brakes. So what I'm telling you is, great, Dion should feel on top of the world. Here's what it is. Let me let me break it down real quick, Smitty, before we get into some other things. <laughs> the man's had surgery numerous times. He's had to deal with walking on a crutch and on a scooter and on this and on that. So cool. That is one thing. You, It's hard to do that when you're not always around visible to your guys. All right? That's one thing. Number two thing. Let's be clear. He has clear buy-in. Travis Hunter played 129 snaps in 107-degree heat and did not want to come out that game. He never. He didn't want to tap out. He bought in. He said he was all in. I'm not coming out. I'm not cramping up. I'm not going to have every excuse in the world to come out the game. That is saying a lot for today's era for a coach to get a buy-in like that from his players to say, man, I'm all in. I'm playing both ways in 106-degree heat, 129 snaps. That says a lot to me. That tells me you have full buy-in of that of that roster and 80-player turnover, blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to tell you like this, Minnie. Every D1 coach in America is cutting their roster right now, and they're gonna fucking do what Dion did. They're gonna have 80 kids cut cut next year, uh, next next spring. And uh, man, I don't know, dog. It's a great it's a great deal to see. Um, it's a great deal to see, but I don't know, Smitty. What's your take on this? Maybe Dion? You, you said a lot right there, and I respect you on, on, on everything. You said a lot. You said a lot. First of all, I do want to uh, uh, confirm you did call it out that they will get to win this game. I want to say that again to make sure we all on the same page. I can't lie on here on the show. But one thing I can't let you do and I can't let people do on social media or the big media later on today, as I'm sure we will see. I cannot allow you to, <laughs> I cannot allow you to move the goal post. Uh, not you, but a lot of people, majority of the world, was saying that Colorado was going to lose this game. Majority of the world was saying it. They had them as, what, three touchdown underdogs. That means you have no chance. Not only are you going to lose, you're going to get your ass kicked. That was the assumption by the mass media and most of the people in the world. This TCU team, although they're a lot different from the roster standpoint, they came into this game ranked the 17th best team in the nation. This was the national championship runner-up just last season. So... Let's put everything out on the table. Colorado won one game last year. One game. And you know it better than me, Coach. Recruiting is, is, is probably the number one thing I would say when it comes to coaching at the college level or one of the top things. But at the end of the day, it's hard to bring your culture in, into a team and flip everything within one year. Not even a full calendar year. You know what I'm saying? Like, it hasn't been a full calendar year that Coach Prime has been there. So, to see them not only go out there, but go out there and win is something that, like, I like. come on. I know it's one game. You're right. It's a long season to go. But you got to think about the road travel. These guys only won one game last season. So, already, they're playing with house money right now. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like to go out there and beat a team that was in a natty last year 
your first game, and and you hit the nail on the head, JB. The buy-in from the players. Me as a former player, when you when you truly like love your coach, which I believe these players do, when you love your coach, you're willing to run through a brick wall for your head coach. Whatever he says, you're gonna trust and believe in it because you know he believes in you. And it brings in another energy and another, even if it's intangible or, 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 or uh, uh, just like your, your subconscious, excuse me. You go out there and play with a different level of, of, of focus and different level of energy because you're not just playing for the name on your back. You're not just playing for your brothers next to you, but now you're playing for that head coach. Everything matters. Where I've been a part of teams where I've had teammates not really care for our head coach or not feel like our coach could relate to players and things of that nature. And again, I'm not saying players are going out there and not trying to play hard, but it, you play a little different when everything matters. And Coach Prime has created an environment that everything matters and everybody in that locker room believes. And then you got the speech real quick. We got our guy Chris in the background, man, running the show. Shout out to Chris Martinez, the best to do it. You pull my video, do man, do you that? believe? Huh? Oh, no, no, no. I read through that bull junk you wrote. I, I read through that. I sipped it through all that. Yeah. Oh, no. Come on. Do you believe? You don't believe. You just answered it. You don't believe. Next question. Take it off. Take it off, man. That's perfect, man. That's right there after the game. He's calling out the media. He kept all his receipts, JB. He kept all any of the naysayers, anybody who said that they wasn't going to do it. I saw there was a cat. And me and you had sent it to each other on Instagram, JB. A cat called out Colorado before the game and said, this might be the worst roster in college football, this, that, and the third. And then look what happened. So that's what I'm saying, man. My, my, my first focus, my first point, JB, is and not just to you, to everybody. We're not about to move the goalposts. We're not about to say, well, TCU played horrible. Or TCU's not good. Or TCU. Y'all said that Coach Prom couldn't do it. Y'all said that Colorado had the worst roster in the NCAA. So when they win that game, you're not going to take that away from them. They deserve this moment, and I think they're going to win more than the, the, the alleged, what, three or four games this season, JB. <laughs> I got some new merch, dog. CoachJBStore.com. I got some fire merch, dog. I'm going to have to wear some hats like now. I got all kind of shit. Hey, let me tell you something. Eddie Manningweather's in the chat going nuts. Calm down, Eddie. Um, You're not right. Stop. You're never right, Eddie. Just know that. All right, so look. Here's the thing, Big Smitty. I got to be clear here. You're setting this team up for massive failure, A. Not only you, Big Smitty. I'm not saying you are. Mainstream media has made this a Super Bowl cosmic event. Calm down. You played a team that got demoralized in the national title, lost everyone, returned three players, and now we're putting Colorado as a nine-point dog at Nebraska to a one-point fucking favorite. So let's be honest. Ten-point switch overnight. We have really put this team... In a bad light, in my opinion, and I just want to be calm. I want to be real. Like, let's calm down. I like because this is the thing about it. You're still dealing with these fragile kids in this society, and I'm just telling you, I hate to see them hit a couple bumps in the road, and and now we're like hating on Prime because that's going to happen soon. Watch. So here's my thing. I gotta let me be honest. We got a lot going on here. 
Prime, I've, I've already I've already said, I told you, you don't need to be a great coach. You need to be a great leader of men and turn boys into men and hire great coaches. The number one thing Deion Sanders has done has hired possibly the two best coordinators in football that nobody really knows. Mm. And the true test to Dion is going to be have a great season this year. Going into next year, you know they're going to anoint him as this is the best football team. Colorado, Dion's a coach of the year. He's going to go to the NFL. I've already said over or under 20 times I'm going to hear it this week from the Ryan Clarks and the ESPNs that Dion's the best thing going. He'll be an NFL coach next year. And Colorado's going to win the Natty. How many times do we think we're going to hear that this week? <laughs> like, calm down. But my, here's my point, Smitty. No one's talking about it. He hired an offensive coordinator who will not be there this time next year. Mm. Remember this. He will be a head coach already. That's how good he is. Everyone knows that already. He has a D coordinator that may not be there. So... You would, the testament goes, okay, you did a hell of a job, Prime. You hired a great staff. Now, can you either keep them or get them head jobs and then get another Sean Lewis to replace Sean Lewis, if you know, if you get what I'm saying? Because right. Nick Saban's done it for a long time, Big Smitty. He's lost coaches as head coaches and just replaced them. The train keeps moving, right? Yep. That is, the t- that is what you do not see anymore in, in, in football. Coaches are to get you where you could not get yourself. Not only the players, the program, but the coaches. So he has to be able to bring another coach in, and the train keeps moving. No, not a missing, not a hiccup in the in the deal. No bumps in the road. The program keeps growing. If they lose Sean Lewis and the program falters, now Dion's only what as good as who he hires, and you're going to hear that hate and that stuff. So I'm just giving you both sides of this that you won't hear from a lot of people in mainstream media, but that is what people don't give Saban credit for a lot of times. He loses coaches every year. The train keeps moving. Um, Can Dion become that type of figurehead, leader, CEO, and understand there's more to just 80 turnover players? It also comes with the coaches, the organization, the infrastructure in this whole thing because there's a lot to do in this thing, especially in the offseason. Every single year, you got a lot to do inside of a program other than just being the figurehead walking around. He has to even double that. He's got a foot. He's got amputated toes. You don't know if he's going to get worse with the foot or not. Well, knock on wood, I want to see the guy coach and do things that people said he could not do. Nah, you know what? That's a hell of a point too, JB. And you're talking more so longevity, long-term, down the road, next season, and to come. And that's a good point. Like you said, Nick Saban been doing it for a long time. He's like, it's, you lose one great coach, another one comes in, he becomes great. And it's just kind of the recycle factor. And only time will tell when it comes to that. Right now, you know, uh, for me, the, in my mindset, I think Coach Prime is one of the best recruiters of all time, period. And when I say recruiting, I'm not just saying literally from a coaching standpoint. I'm saying just as a human being, he's one of the best just networkers, you know, that I've seen come from the NFL ever. You know what I'm saying? He's a guy who can go in the room, talk to any and everybody, and make you believe in whatever he's doing. He well, there's a reason he was at Barstool, right? You said what? There was a reason he was at Barstool. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Because yep. he's a, uh, 
you know, person of the people. Yep. <laughs> Let's be honest. And he under, he likes to talk. He wants to talk. He wants to he wants to hear himself talk. He wants to get his voice out there, his word yep. out there, et cetera, et cetera. So yep. he was on Barstool for a reason. People know what he is, and he kills it on social media, which I got a really good friend in this business, Eddie George, who's at Tennessee State, had to play a rough one in Notre Dame the other day, which is great exposure for his and him and him and his program and HBCU and all that. Here's the thing. I got I want to see Eddie, and I've told him personally, I'm not taking a shot at Eddie. Eddie, I love Eddie. I want to see Eddie do the same thing as Dion does. Get because you're not like a nobody. Eddie George, a Heisman, like you're a yeah, no Eddie George is a legend, right? We look at him different. <laughs> oh, Eddie, you should be the same way, in my opinion. You should be killing it on social media too, because you can do a lot of similar things Dion can do, and you can get a lot of those caps at HBCUs and be different. Dion has that go get it, kill it on social media because why? This is where the kids live, Smitty. They yep. live on social media. So now when you say best recruiter of all time, I almost <laughs> came through here and slapped the hell out of you. But um, I, I clarified it. I clarified it. I said not not just co best networker, just best, best, the guy yeah. who can just go in a room. It's beyond yeah. just coaching. My and my, my bigger point was not just the player. We know how good he is as recruiting players. I think the same energy goes recruiting players. He can go into recruiting coaches. So you you mentioned a couple of guys that will potentially get head coaching jobs and leave after this season. I don't see it being a problem because of who Coach Prime is. He just everyone gravitates to Coach Prime. You know what I'm saying? And I and I can see him replacing those guys with other good coaches. People want to be around him because of the attention that he brings, the belief factor that he draws in. And I shoot, in my opinion, if you coaching or playing or just around Prime. That's going to increase everything, your brand, your money, everything. So why not be be around them? I just think, man, again, this one game, and you're right, like we do got to pump our brakes a little bit. But the reason why the excitement factor is there is because everybody in a mama thought that they were going to lose this game and not lose it, get their ass beat. So to go out there and win it, it's just like, damn. And they got Nebraska next. Now, I mean, Nebraska don't look too hot. I, I think they're going to win that game. I think they're going to start off 3-0. Yes, yeah, put perfect timing. Pull the schedule up right here. They got Nebraska. I think that's a win. Colorado State. I think that's a win. I think their first loss will be against Oregon. That's at Oregon. That's tough. Bo Nix. Those guys put up 81 points this week. So I think that's their first loss. Now, here's my hot take, JB. Here's my hot take. And the LA people in the chat not going to like this. I got them upsetting SC. And the reason why I'm saying that, hold on. The reason why I'm saying that, if you guys have watched these first couple games with USC, offense looks amazing. Caleb Williams is everything and much more. But on the other side, there's two sides to this game, JB, as you know. Defense, they look horrible. They look horrible. Again, again, like I said, every year, yep. thinking Riley-led teams are horrific on defense. Yep, you caught, You said that too. I'm going to give you a flower, JB. I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to sit here and lie today. You are right. Their defense looks horrible, and I don't see them improving that much. One thing that Colorado has shown in this first game, they have a ton of talent and speed on that offensive side. And Shador Sanders, who we'll talk about a little bit later, and we'll talk about him with, with Matt as well, if he if he can play even uh, similar to that level that we just saw uh, uh, week one, if, the, if Travis Hunter could, could ball out the way he did at, on the receiving end, the, 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 the freshman running back, if these guys can play at that same level, Throughout this season, I see them upsetting 
USC. And I'm saying it here first. Call me crazy. Call me a, a hype beast, whatever. When you watch the tape, USC's defense is trash. Colorado's offense is really good. And I can see them going in a slugfest, high-scoring game, Colorado winning that game. So Listen, listen. USC might score 70 points on Colorado. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um, they might score 70 damn points on Colorado. Colorado gave up 45 points to a really bad quarterback at TCU, to a really bad offensive line, and to a really bad defense. And you've never seen TCU have give up 700 yards. You've never seen it, Big Smitty, <laughs> underneath the old regime. Uh, a Gary Patterson-led team that's a defensive-minded guy who's always going to be in the game. I would have been remiss to see it that Colorado, even I love what Colorado's doing. I knew the hype was coming in. Gary Patterson was not going to allow what happened last night. So, or on Saturday night. So, that, man, I'm just telling you, that they USC is going to score a ton of points this year. They might be the best offense in football. I don't know. We're going to see. I'm not judging an Oregon team that scored 81 on Portland State. I'm not going to judge it. We're going to talk about SC played two mid-majors, Nevada and San Jose, and their defense tightened up against Nevada, but that's Nevada. But they gave up a lot of points, 250 yards rushing to San Jose State, on, who man. Oregon State just shellacked last night and stopped, slowed them down tremendously. And San Jose, by the way, mid-major and all, they have a really, really good two tailbacks, real big-time D1 tailbacks at San Jose. And a really good O line that no one wants to know about and doesn't know talk about. Yeah. Now San Jose is not a great football team, but they have some some pieces because what have I been saying for two three years? College football's watered down. Anyone can beat anybody on any given Saturday, and we saw it again over the weekend in week really one and a half of college football, and it's going to continue. And you see a lot of close games. Texas Tech lost to Wyoming. Yeah. It should not happen. Texas State Florida beat Baylor. Liberated by Utah. It should no. not happen. Florida should not get blown out by Utah. I'm sorry. Listen, I love Utah. I love their coaching staff. My former receiver that played for me is the receiver coach there. I got three good friends on the staff. Eric Weddle played there, obviously. Eric's gonna. we're going to talk about this next week. Here's the thing, though. All my polys love them. They're 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 Polynesian led up front. No offense, but they're not the most agile. They're not the most athletic, but they will stop the run if you run straight at them. So what do you do to beat Utah? You use speed, tempo. You read guys. If you can't block them, you read them. Now I understand their D line is a little slower, so it's harder to read slower guys. Also, but I would have did something. Florida's offensive line is atrocious. And then at the same time, you're down 20 and you don't go tempo? And you're in Florida? I've been saying it for a long time, dog. And I've been, I, listen, no, no knock on Billy Napier, no knock on any of these guys. But Billy um, is, in his, is a little bit over his head on this, on this deal at this Power 5 level. He's a great mid-major coach because you don't have to deal with, because Billy's a straight-up dude. You don't have to deal with what's happening right now in the college landscape, which is what? Still lie, cheat, and go get everybody's money, dog. Like, Billy's not that guy. So, 
I don't know, man. I, it's a tough one, dog. You cannot be in Gainesville, Florida. And replacing guys, even though when Ur- Urban left and you got 30 for 30s and, and, and uh, you know, Florida, notoriously, you know, we can argue Cali, Florida, and Texas are the three best high school football states if you want to talk um, high school football, even though Cali has the two best high school football teams over the last 10 years every single year. The bottom line is, you can't not line up in 21 personnel and try to run at a Utah team that averages 310 across the front and think you're going to push them around. You got to go tempo. Use your athletes, dog. You got to use Florida athletes. It blows my mind how bad they looked. And I'm going to be honest, Big Smitty. I know we're transitioning here for a minute, and we'll talk some college conferences here, but, yeah. dog, Florida may not win an SEC game. Not one. They may not win one game in the SEC. They better win against, like, fucking Kent State and whoever else they play in the SEC in the crossover. They're not going to win an SEC game. I'm telling you right now. And LSU looked bad last night in the second half. They got exposed in the second half. Um, My kid Jaden Daniels, the quarterback for, for, for LSU. My boy Ports uh, coached him in high school right here at Cajon, right up the street. Here's the thing. The SEC gets all this, you know, we're the best, we're the best. But your bottom four teams. I would say bottom seven teams are horrible. Mm. And the Pac-12 is 13-0, and undefeated this year right now. And I said it three months ago. Steve Kim and I said it. This will be the best conference in football this year. And right now, they are. And it ain't even close, Big Smitty. The Pac-12 from top to bottom is the best team in college football. Do they? You agree or not? I, I mean, right now it's hard to disagree. Like you said again, now it's only one week, so we got to pump our brakes. But they're thirteen and zero, so like to me, numbers to me matter. And the fact is, out of all, every conference, top to bottom, now we're talking. We're not, we're, not, we're not talking about the SEC. That's we understand it's very top heavy. Top to bottom, you gotta you gotta get a Pac twelve their flowers, and it's crazy. You know everything that they're going through, and you know with all the teams leaving, and it's gonna probably be no more Pac-12 after this. The fact that they are the best right now, hey, at least they're going out with a bang, JB. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you, man. And I want to talk back on Florida a little bit here because you brought them up, man. Florida hasn't been good to me since Urban Meyer really left. Now, when I say good, I mean to their like Florida standards, like competing for a natty, competing for like a Rose Bowl. I, I feel like Florida hasn't been legit since that time but i don't want to use that you know a couple teams that didn't look that good to diminish the entirety of the college football i know you're a believer that it's watered down and any team can be any team but to me i'm flipping that and looking at it like a glass half full situation to me that makes the college football great the fact that any given sunday any given saturday so to speak a team can go out there and you really don't know like you you know which team should be the favorite but you're not for sure if that team is going to win. Yes, let's see, that's you're going to have to come on Sundays with us next this Sunday. The first one, Sean Salisbury and I are going to have a pregame show every every Sunday, three hour show, and we're going to expose you in that take right there. That is not good football, homie. Contrary to your belief, what makes that good football, Smitty? That Akron goes in and beats Notre Dame. What makes that good football? Just tell me, because I want to know. So is mediocrity the new excellence and everybody deserves a trophy and we all need to win? Hell no. They don't deserve it. You got to earn it. But when, when teams get upset, they earned it. Like, all hold I'm on, saying hold is – Hold on, hold on. Go ahead, go ahead. 
they do earn it. You're right. I get it. I get what you're saying, too. Trust me. I get what point you're taking. But let me tell you something. I just want to ask you one question. <laughs> Should Texas Tech lose to Wyoming ever? No, they shouldn't. Okay. Should Utah ever beat Florida? Like, let's no, be real. Let's just be real. No. But guess what? Nobody's going to say that like that way no more. You know why? Because it's been so long removed that right. now Utah's on the same level as a Florida. Exactly. Now Wyoming's on the same level as a Texas Tech because Appalachian State beat Michigan 20 years ago, and now Appalachian State's D1. And see, we forget about shit like that. It's all about what you've done for me lately. But the truth of the matter is – Texas Tech should never lose to Wyoming. Let me, let me, here, let me, let me, let me question you this though. Don't we have big time ups, upsets every single year? Like, at, like yeah, we do upsets. 1990, upsets. 1983, like any year you want to go to, there's always big time. So you can you can make that same argument every year. Because oh. we have upsets, that doesn't mean that it's watered down. Like we no, always say that. Upsets are upsets. That's the beauty of college football. That's Utah beating Alabama in a BCS bowl game years ago, right? Right. That's right. Boise State beating Oklahoma in a bowl game. That's big time. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. But now we're expecting a battle between Wyoming and Texas Tech in the game one of the week one. Hell no, that's not what is that's not what this is about. That's what I'm trying to get over to you guys. It's not a Hold on. If you beat a team early in the year, so be it. But it's happening across the landscape every week, every year now. This is a this is a even playing field, Smitty, across the board. Chris Snyder in the chat said he still takes the SEC over the Pac-12, but it's close. I would sit here all day and debate you all day. Tell me what teams in the SEC bottom half are even close to the Pac-12. Vanderbilt? <laughs> Uh, Kentucky, <laughs> I can go on. Florida's your worst team now, by the way. How are you better than the Pac-12 this year? Because Alabama looked horribly uh, flat the other day against a horrible mid-major. And can, many, can we stop playing FCS schools if I'm an SEC school? Come on. L LSU dropped their nuts and Florida State dropped their nuts and they came out and played each other. Let's go. Like, I give that more credit than seeing Georgia play middle damn Tennessee and Alabama play somebody else. And I don't want to see SC play San Jose, and I don't want to see uh, SC play Nevada. So we I'm need not that, Hold on now. Time out, though. I went, I went to Ball State. I went to a small school. We need that money, JB. I'm going to be real I with know, you. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I get the money. And no, no team's going to turn down the money. Like Simo, my buddy's the head coach. They play Kansas State, get shellacked. I'll tell you right now what I would do. And I'm a, my, my, as a really good friend of mine, the head coach of Simo, I would not play one starter in those games. I would tell my team, hey, dog, we're going to get this bag. We're not going to play no starters. We're going to get beat by 100. And then we're going to come back and we're going to win the FCS because Simo goes to the college football playoff in the FCS every year. They're a really good FCS team. But you got blown out by Kansas State. And what do you gain from it other than monetization? You know what you gain? An ass whooping. Learning how to get beat up. Doubt in the back of your mind. Players. No depth. Understanding all these different things. I wouldn't play a starter. And we'd be on the sidelines. Who yeah, guy? Back up. Let's ball. Let's ball. 
And then we come back and, and, and I get my team rejuvenated and we'd be like, hey, dog, we're going to win the FCS. We got this bag and now we're going to win the FCS. We lost by 130, but who cares, right? That is what I would do if I was one of these FCS schools. If I was LSU, though, I'm telling no. I'm saying no. I'm playing USC game one. I'm playing UCLA. I'm playing somebody that's equal at a power five level. Because if we want to see college football being great, that is what I want to see. I want to see college football be great. I don't want to see Texas Tech, Wyoming. And then Wyoming won. And now we think it's great football. It's not. Can I make the argument though, JB? Let me, let me ask you, let me ask you this. I think, I think right now we're, we're, we're using the history of some of these great schools and great teams and letting that cloud our judgment right now. Meaning that the history of Florida was great. Florida ain't been like that in a long time. And we need to just get that out of our head that this is the same Florida. So my point is, Things change. Alabama wasn't always Alabama before Saban got there. They had their times in the nineties, and they go there. Like Alabama wasn't just this powerhouse. So, like my 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 point being is, the teams that we look at as great now may not be great in ten years. Players leave, coaches leave, sanctions come, things change. That doesn't mean that the NCAA as a whole has 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 deterred in, in any any way. Sometimes a mid major team gets a hell of a, hell of a star. Sometimes a Louisville gets a Lamar Jackson and they luck out and, and they fucking ball out for for that year and the next year. Or you know what I mean? So things happen. Let's not let's not use the name of these schools and and be like, oh, Florida should never lose a Utah because they're Florida. Well, let's look at the facts. Florida ain't been Florida in a long damn time. Like but that's a you problem, not me. But that doesn't mean college has been watered down because Florida ain't the same. I'm not just saying Florida, though, dog. Check this out. Utah ain't the same. Utah is fucking good now. Washington State is – like, my point is, for every team that used to be great that's not great no more, there's teams that was average that are really damn good now. The the, the shifts – it shifts year to year. I get it shifts. But the, the, the blue bloods of college football, college basketball, all these things. They've shifted, right? But yeah. they're still called Blue Bloods, right? You still call it that, yeah. But U- USC still a Blue Blood. They haven't won an Addy in a while. They're still a Blue Blood. You want to call Texas a Blue Blood? I don't, but the country does. You got – and then we got – in the recruiting world, we call schools selector schools. So here's a selector school. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, USC, Florida, Florida State. Clemson has become one. Those are selector schools, meaning Big Smitty gets is offered and all for four years he's been re- offered and recruited by Ball State. He's going to Ball State. He's committed to Ball State. Nick Saban calls him hour 23 of signing day, right before signing day, and he goes, hey, man, you want to be an Alabama Crimson? Ta-? Yes, sir. I'm out. <laughs> and that is what a selector school is. Yeah. So here's the issue. When you still have selector schools and you still live in hotbeds of recruiting talent like Florida, there's no excuse for Florida to be this bad. Just telling you right now. Yeah. I blame the coaches and the recruiting. I bet I bet if you had the head coaching job and no shade to the current head coach, but I bet if you had the head coaching job for the Florida Gators, they'd be damn good. Would they not? I know they would. That's all right, then. So that's on the coaches and the recruiting. I'd be good at Wyoming too. But <laughs> I'm just telling you that there's not a lot of me out there. But what I'm telling you is we still have to not, but what you're doing is, Smitty, in my opinion, 
is you're, you're, you're sinking to their level and accepting that it's mediocrity is, is, is okay. Like, no, nah, I'm holding them at a standard of saying, no, nah, dog, there's no way you should ever get beat by Wyoming at Texas Tech, a power five school where the head coach makes five million a year and the head coach at Wyoming makes 600 grand. Mm. Now let that sink in. You should be fired on the spot, pay your salary back. Like if we want we to really talk about results-oriented business here, come on, dog. You make quadruple the amount of the Wyoming head coach. Your assistant, your top-paying assistant coach, makes more than the rest of your staff at Wyoming. One coach. And we're losing to him. Now, if I'm the AD or president, I'm firing you on the spot. I'm firing Jimbo Fisher for losing to Appalachian State at home last year. You know why? I paid Appalachian State $2 million to come here. Then I paid them to beat our ass. And I pay a guy $10 million, and Appalachian State head coach makes three hundred grand. <laughs> come on, dog. Are we money. mediocrity, or what are we doing? So – I don't know. I'm just saying. But listen, Big Smitty, you see behind me? I see that. What's that? Prize Picks. Head on to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code CoachJB. Prize Picks is a proud new sponsor. And I want you to hear this one right here. What up, what up, what up? The co real Coach JB here, man, for the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. We are proud to announce we have a new ad sponsor, and that is Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports DFS platform in North America. We are one of the easiest and most exciting ways to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more. Then or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Price Picks is a skill-based, real money, daily fantasy sports game. How does it work, you ask? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their Price Picks projection, you will win. Players can choose from a vast selection of sports and stat types not offered anywhere else. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes college football. We're about to start up. Pro hockey, pro basketball, pro football. NFL season is here. Plus pro baseball, pro golf, men's college basketball, NCAA tournament, plus women's college basketball, soccer, women's pro basketball, esports, pro car racing, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, you name it, we got it. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. Prize Picks does it all. And I just got to be honest, dog. I started doing prize picks, and I won instantly. And that's why I am endorsing prize picks to the fullest right here on the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. Go to prizepicks.com backslash Coach JB and use Coach JB as the promo code for a first deposit match up to $100. So go to prizepicks.com slash Coach JB and use code Coach JB for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the best betting app online in North America. Go get it and do what Coach JB and Big Smitty does every day. We bet prize picks. Head on over there, prizepicks.com slash Coach JB and get you $100 match right now. Appreciate you. 
Peace. What up, what up? All right, so Big Smitty, um, we got a loaded lineup right now. We got Big Matt joining us right now, and then Steve Kim joining us at 7. Uh, Big Matt can only hop on for about 15 minutes, so we're going to bring Big Matt on right now. Okay. And uh, everybody, I appreciate you guys all just chill out and listen. Um, Big Matt's going to – Matt. Play. Pull up, man. Let's get it. What up, what up, what up? We're back. We're back. Uh, yes, where, where's my factor 75 at, JB? That's what I need to know. Man, it's coming, dog. I don't know why. You know what I'm saying? I, I got to do everything around here. Shit, God dang. I got to do everything around here, Smitty. I gotta, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bring it to you directly. But you know as I know, we got big Matt McChesney on the other side, and we had a big weekend. And I gotta, I got, we gotta dive into some Colorado, but I gotta ask Matt something first. Uh oh, big Matt McChesney, what? What's good, Matt? What's, What's good, good baby? people? What's good, people? Happy Labor Day, as you know, Buffalo's labor on Labor Day. We're up early working, baby, and we feel good about being one and zero. I told y'all. I told y'all, I've been telling everybody, how long I've been telling everyone, they're too fast, they're too good. Shador's a first-rounder. Travis Hunter's a bad man, the baddest man in the country. Dylan Edwards, four tutties as a freshman. O-line looked pretty good to me. Savion Washington out there balling. Defense is opportunistic. Give us some points. I tell you what, the Buffaloes are 1-0. I bet you they're ranked today. And I told y'all, I told y'all, I told y'all, you should just listen to the and and look, look, Coach Prime. I owe you a fake nug. That that plus seven sixty, the Elway and the sixty together. I saw it morph, and I was like a G, and then boom. We're hey, man, is that my end or your end? That's kind of choppy. Uh, I'm not choppy at all. Smitty, you seeing it or is that me? No, I see it. Yeah, it's choppy on my end too. Okay. Um. Where you at, Big Matt? At the studio? Yeah. Yeah, you're cutting out on me. Um, all right. All right. All right, Matt. Before we dive into Colorado and and and, and what they did and with Prime and everything that's going on in Colorado, they're the hottest team on planet Earth right now. We call it Earth, E-R-F, planet Earth. Earth. Um, let me get into this though. LSU got obliterated last night by Florida State. Um, Florida State looked really good. Um, I thought that was the best football game of the weekend as far as just raw talent on the football field, uh, early on execution, and just a battle of kind of uh, heavyweights. And then Florida State kind of took over and took control of that game. Here's my question to you, Matt. Um, I have a really, really uh, hot take that's going to be probably ruffle feathers across America. 13 and 0, the Pac 12, West Coast, baby. 13 and 0 through week one. And we're the only undefeated conference in America right now. And I want to know do we define conferences by the top four teams or the bottom four teams? Because the SEC, I'm over the hype that the that they're the best conference every year. Listen. I get they win national titles, and I get they've won this, but it's been the same teams. The bottom four teams is how I define a conference, Big Matt. And right now, the Pac-12 from top to bottom looks as good as anybody in America, if not the best. What do you think about that? Uh, look, I can't disagree. They're undefeated. I mean, they they didn't just go undefeated. They They won some big games, and... 
Oregon well. might, might have looked better on defense than SC playing the same team a week removed, San Jose. That's what I'm saying. Like, they've got – there's dudes everywhere, and the, there's quarterbacks everywhere, and there's big wins everywhere. I mean, the Pac-12 really showed out this weekend. I went to the Utah game on Thursday. My son, Nicholas, and a couple of my other players were there on a recruiting trip, so that was pretty crazy. Shout out to Weddle. You sent a video to yeah, me and Weddle. Uh, you know, out. I was in Weddle's hood. That's pretty awesome. And they're special, bro. Like Utah is, Utah's the class of the Pac-12. They are so good on defense. Bryce Eccles was popping. They were playing Metallica left and right. Like I felt at home and I was like, holy shit, this place is hard to hate. Um, them going to the Big 12, they're going to they're gonna be a power just like they are in the Pac-12. Uh, look, man, the the this conference is insane and it's crazy that the conference is going away but you know it, it's just it's going to be like either two big conferences and the big 12 and the acc are going to morph into the two big conferences or four 20 team conferences and a couple independents and then something i don't know maybe relegation but we'll see i mean look the the entire model for college football is built on rivalry and history, and they're kind of screwing with that right now. The product's so good, guys. Like, let's just be real. The opening weekend of college football is incredible. College yeah. football is the jam. It's way better than the NFL. The NFL's a business. It's cool. But college football is where it's at, period. That's where people go and they live and they die. And, you know, like, that's where you want your – I want my ashes spread on Folsom when I'm dead. I don't want my ashes spread on the power. You know, fuck that place. I'm telling you, the 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 feeling of pride when your program figures it out and when they strike gold, it's why I'm so damn excited. I mean, look, think about just Colorado moving into the Big 12 now. I think the Pac-12 might be the best conference in football right now. And they're going to disperse. We're going to lose them. It's unbelievable. Yeah, we're, it's dispersing. It's disbanding. It's gone. And I think Oregon State and Washington State deserve to be in a major conference. Washington State and Oregon State in the Mountain West, they're going to win the Mountain West for 10 years straight. Either one either one. Washington State absolutely eviscerated Colorado State in, in Fort Collins this weekend, a game that CSU was supposed to be at Texas Tech, an, a, a ranked team up in Laramie. So maybe they just had it flipped on who the really good team was. You know, so, you know, Oregon State, they are for real and a playoff contender. Uh, after a ten-win team, a ten-win team last year getting D alphabet. So, look, man, with CU going into the Big Twelve, back full circle here, and what they just did in Texas, going into Fort Worth and running that, that you know, the day, running the day. I mean, let's just be real. Let's go back. Can we go back to CU? Yeah, yeah. yeah let's do it. We All got right, about five. So, so look, let's be real. I've only got a short amount of time, so I got to get into this. 38 of 47 for 5, 10, and four tutties in his first game as a starter. I mean, I, I played with both were captains together at CU, and his first game ever in 2003 was our lightning game against Bradley Van Pelt and CSU the year before they had upset us. And he went, he went nuts. He had 403 yards passing and four touchdowns and was the national player of the week. I mean, this had... This is better than that, and I that was the best performance I've ever seen anybody personally do in the college game uh, for, um, as a teammate. We've had guys light us up before, but Joel was that, you know, he's our quarterback. Right. So that was number one. That was incredible. Shador is a first-round draft pick, and I've been saying this since day one, 
And I love how now all over the country, I'm driving in today on, on our, you know, I'm on Altitude Sports Radio 92.5 here in Denver. Listen today, we're on 7 to 10. We're talking nothing but buffs. Uh, Tyler Columbus, an ex-NFL guy, and a guy I played with at CU, and Dempsey, I call him, uh, Dempsey and Chess from 10 to noon. But I'm, our, our red station fan, the guys on there are like, well, I knew this, and I knew that, and speed, and and I'm like, that's, that's full, you're full of shit. Everybody I've heard is like, the under on wins, and this isn't going to work, and it's all hype, and Dion's not, and all this other bullshit, and I've been beating this since day one, I knew they were great. I knew they were great, and and I'm telling you, Travis Hunter went 129 snaps. Dylan Edwards, four touchdowns. Like, just think about this. I played in the NFL, but it was really just practicing. Like, I didn't go into a game and play every snap. Doc, Travis Hunter just played 100 snaps. He's the best player on the field in the fourth quarter. Now, let me me play JB so everybody gets mad at me. All right, here we go. Travis (laughs) Hunter, to me, was the most impressive thing on the field. Like you said, we talked yesterday. 107 degree heat, playing 129 snaps has to, be, has to be pretty uh, unbelievable because we're in a soft generational era right now, Matt. And you and I bitch and moan every day on TikTok and Instagram about these kids and fortitude and mental fortitude and not willing to uh, go through the hard part and all wanting it easy. That kid did it under Prime's tutelage and leadership, which is another hat off you have to give the head coach during this era to get a kid to play 129 snaps in 106-degree heat where you're like, you're not coming off this motherfucking field. Like, that is buy-in by your player. That's solely buy-in. You And I, and I don't think it's really, really being mentioned out there in the mainstream media. I, I, I personally think. Bought in. Yes, and I personally look. Everybody talks about culture and community and how they couldn't build it. And this, he didn't I told you to build Roman today in football right now, dog. You can. Yeah, he brought it with him from Jackson. They they came with him. By the way, Jackson got shot by Florida A and M. Well, that you know that's expected. They lost a bunch of first round draft picks. But I mean, I'm look, and it's not that easy for just anyone to jump in and rebuild a program. I, I agree. It's not right. that easy. What what Prime's done is crazy. Um, people are trying. Let me be. Let me play a devil's advocate with you on the on the Shadur Sanders thing. I'm still not sold. Uh-huh. I I thought he was completely better than I I ever imagined. I thought he was better than I thought he could be because of not the fact that I I did call TCU. Um, a four-wins team this year. Uh, before Months ago, I said this TCU team is not last year's. Let's be honest. Let's, we know this. Matt and I predicted that Colorado was going to win that game uh, Saturday. Three months ago, we or actually about five months ago, Matt and I said Colorado will win that game. I said it would be because of the buy-in with Dion, the hype of the whole train, etc. They got it done. Here's my devil's advocacy, advocacy to it. I thought he was completely through the deep ball great, uh, even though he threw great, accurate deep balls and pressed the hell out of me. Um, I, I did not know he was that accurate with the ball. I don't care if you're on air or versus a player. He still has to complete those balls. We see guys in the country missing those passes all the time. I was impressed. Steve Kim and I watched it. I, I got to see him for the first time in big boy football. Um, I was impressed. Here's what I want everyone to know, though, and I'm not, I'm not being a hater. This is what I want everyone. You are a hater. What are you talking about? You're totally hating. (laughs) I know. He had 300 yards 
of yak yards and four receivers got 100 reception, 100 yards receiving. That is on Shador Sanders. That is great management of the football. Thank that you. belongs to Shador. Four 100-yard receiving is a great job by the Q. But he had 300 yards, yak yards. Those players made plays for that kid. And I just want to be honest, let's just pump our brakes before we say he's the Heisman and the national champ. All right? No, calm no, down. no, no. I'm not pumping. I am full speed ahead, all gas. This kid is the best quarterback in the Pac-12. I said it. Oh, and he's, he's the best quarterback maybe in the country. And that's what I said it. And he's when he tears up Nebraska this weekend, and he's got a thousand yards passing in two games with everybody. In, it's just look. What I saw the other day was command, control, poise, heart, everything you look for in a professional. And his last name Sanders. There's greatness there. If anybody thought he wasn't a first foot rounder. Before you, he's definitely a first rounder. If he's not one and done, I'll be shocked. So look, again, I want to. I don't want to anoint him yet. I want to see the body. I get it, but I I do, and I am. (laughs) He's like you do what you do. I'm gonna do what I do. Look, 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 I know I got to go, and we'll talk about this more as the week goes on. I'm sorry about the connection. The studio is supposed to work. I don't know. It's Nebraska week, baby. We're one and zero. There, it. I mean, better be dead than red. It is. It get fired up, Buff Nation, because the corn's coming to town. We're locking the fucking gates. Let's go, bitch. Bring on Nebraska. I gotta go. All right, Matt. All right, Matt. Appreciate you. What up? What up? What up, man? The real coach AB coming at you live with a proud new sponsor of the Coach A.B. Show with Big Smitty, and that is Factor. Factor, you see it right here. You can get it all right here. Look at this. Tropical fruit, ready meals. Hey, I'm doing it myself. It is no joke. Now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny, active days. Factor. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can have you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track reaching your goals. Too busy with summer plans to cook but want to make sure you're eating well? Well, with Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and heat and enjoy. Then get back outside and soak up the warm weather. Ready to feel your best while making the most out of your summer adventures? Stick to your wellness goals and premium ready-to-eat meals featuring high-quality ingredients such as broccolini, Leeks and asparagus. Treat yourself to 34 plus weekly restaurant quality options like bruschetta shrimp, risotto, green goddess chicken, and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. Ready in just two minutes. So head on over to Factor. Use my promo code JB50 and get 50% off. That's code JB50 at factormills.com slash jb50 and get 50% off. I'm just telling you right now, these right here are fire. And I'm just telling you, 
Don't just talk about it. Be about it. This is something JV and Coach Smitty and Big Smitty, Coach JV and Big Smitty, endorse fully. Tropical fruit is fire. So is the strawberry banana, mango, and all the rest of them. So head on over to factormeals.com slash JV50 and use the promo code JV50. Get 50% off at factormeals.com slash JV50. Appreciate everybody. Peace. All right, Big Smitty, I got something to say. I got to be honest. Listen, I get it. I love Matt to death. Uh, you know, I told him myself, I see the chat. I said, Matt, take off your homework glasses. Let's be honest. But listen, do you do you really knock him for take, keeping his homework glasses on? That team went 1-11. He's an alum. He deserves to, 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 to kind of swing his shit around, right? Like, I'm flexing yeah. today. It is what it is. I'm the same way. Bro, if Ball State ends up going undefeated, I'm going to be on this on this thing hey, talking crazy. If you were to beat Kentucky the other day, you'd be on this shit naked. Bro, butt-ass naked, like with glasses on. Matter Speaking of Ball State, we got Georgia this week. Upset alert. Upset alert. You see the helmet in the back. I'm calling it right now, man. Hey, if you a betting person, go to Bet Online or Prospects oh. and choose a spread. Ball oh. State will cover, baby. Chirp, chirp in Georgia. We going to SEC, baby. Let's do it. Oh, that shit is funny as hell. You just got whacked by Kentucky. That was a good game. 44 to 14. Very competitive first half. We were up for about half the first the first half. Come on now. What? The ending score doesn't tell the full story, Jimmy. You, you had to watch the game. You had to watch the game. Hey, Paul, Paul I'm with you. Become a member, man. Listen. We got new tiers going on. Travis McGuire back in the house. Hey, clap it up. Hey, we got new tiers real quick. So everybody is clear, and I want you guys to understand something. We got new tiers around here. So we got a $9.99 tier now because you can call in and live speak to Trent Richardson on Thursday, Eric Weddle on Monday, Steve Kim, Matt McChesney. And uh, speaking of Steve Kim, uh, we're going to get it going. Steve Kim, welcome into the building. Morning, fellas. Morning. What up, Steve? What up, Steve? We're in the U. Steve and I did a uh, did a little promo intro video. Um, hey, Steve, you're headed to Nashville to be with Jason Whitlock all week. Then you're headed to Miami to see the Canes play. Uh, before we talk Pac-12 and everyone's thoughts on Deion Sanders, which seems to be trending globally over Ukraine getting a $600 billion of ours, let me ask you. Um, where are you at with the Miami performance in Mario Cristobal week one against the uh, children of the poor? <laughs> oh, solid. Uh, they look better. Uh, front line's going to be really good offensively. They're going to pound the ball. Uh, I, you know, everyone thinks air raid means just throw the ball 70 times out of four or five wide. But, you know, even a, a coordinator like Shannon Dawson, who grew up with uh, Hal Mommy. I've noticed there's a trend of air raid guys actually pulling back a little bit. They, you know, they'll run some uh, two tight end sets and they're going to run the ball. And I don't think that Tyler Van Dyke is the guy everyone thought he was. Mm. So you take a little pressure off him. Look, they have four really good running backs. The four horsemen of Coral Gables, as I like to call them. Defensively, they're much more sound. Look, this is a good young football team. They're going to be tested. The season begins on Saturday with, with the – an AM team, I watched a little bit of that game at your house. They look better, too, though. Connor Wigman gives them a threat offensively. Bobby Petrino's modernized that offense. And 
A&M has some really talented big bodies up front defensively. Walter Nolan is a future NFL first rounder. So that's a litmus test. This is the type of game that Mario Cristobal was brought in to win. But I will say this. Overall, this will be a better, tougher, more physical team than last year. And do they have a shot on Saturday? I think they do. But I hope the Miami fans actually show up. And I don't mean show up in the second quarter. This thing kills me, Jason. Miami leaves the league with a nation and fans on Twitter saying, hey, guys, I've got eight tickets, but I'm not going. What that that unless you're going to military duty or some rule like a wedding, and by the way, that friend that schedules a wedding after Labor Day should not be your friend. Um, because any friend that schedules a wedding during football season, I'd I'd dead them. Um, and also go out there and be a home field advantage. That's all I could say. It's going to be a good game, good time, 3 30 kickoff. And uh, for those of you in Florida on with Comcast, you're not going to be able to watch the game, so show up to Hard Rock. Hey, I, I know Steve Kim. I know Big Lil Boosie went off on internet. Uh, he's pretty mad at Spectrum. I know you were mad at Spectrum. They cut your uh, stream off. Uh, it, all the Spectrum guys out there. Hey, I went over to YouTube TV six months ago so Steve Kim can come on over what he called JB Palooza at the Slapdick Cigar Lounge and Studio. And we watched football and we got, we had what, eight games on at a time? Yeah, you could if you wanted with the box. And I thought Saturday's schedule was relatively light. So there's certain games I just watched to watch certain teams. But it was fun. I think that was rapper. I think it was Plies. Plies. He liked the rest of the country. It was funny because so Thursday, going up to 353, 354, 355. I'm thinking, okay. So ESPN's coming in fine. I'm watching another game on my computer. Uh, NC State was playing. I think it was UConn. Uh, I, I got the, the Minnesota-Nebraska game all punched up for 11. So I got it all set up. So all of a sudden at 4 o'clock, darkness. I go, what's going on with ESPN? And then I noticed that all the ESPN-affiliated networks, ACC network, had just gone dark. And that's before they put up that little notice. That we that we're trying to extort each other, okay? And we're like, okay, there's no good guy here. And all of a sudden on Twitter, I see all these notices that Comcast or Spectrum, as they call it, um, is at war. And I'm thinking to myself, you literally had all summer to figure this out. And before Florida, Utah, which you knew really is kind of the real official start of college football. I don't know if there's a good guy in this scenario, guys, because a lot of people are going to figure out we hate sports now. We're not doing it. ESPN's brand has already been damaged through Disney. And Comcast, a lot of people like you, JB, they've already switched over. There's no there's no winners in this scenario. Yeah, man. No, there isn't. Um, I don't know if you saw the Matt interview. We had Matt on, of course, after the Colorado big deal, a big-time thing. Let me, uh, let's dive into some brass tacks here. We watched them. And I, and I told Steve, you can tell the country – and everybody watching right now, I was skeptical of Shadur Sanders because I wanted to see the transition from HBCU to Power 5. I did say TCU wasn't very good this year. I did say Colorado would win the game six months ago with Matt. All that happened. I told Steve live, Steve, did I not say? I was impressed with the ball placement that Shadur displayed, the accuracy on the deep ball, keeping guys in bounds. When we watched 20 games Saturday, Steve, where yeah. guys were throwing guys out of bounds all the time. And I was telling Steve McSmitty, not only do I say quarterback plays at all-time low across America, which I continue to say, and I proved it Saturday, it was bad other than a few guys. 
But coaching is as bad as I've ever seen, Big Smitty. And mm. Steve and I agree to that. But let's be clear, Steve. Out of the 500-plus yards, 300 yards were yak yards. Can we dive into this real quick before we anoint Shadir Sanders well, the next Tim Tebow, okay? Well, Calm down. Yeah, I mean, Dylan Edwards is a good little running back. And, you know, Colorado's going to have a bigger back coming back soon. Alton McCaskill. There's a lot of Eddie George in him to transfer from Houston. Uh, Colorado played hard. didn't surprise me. You know, but Sean Lewis, their coordinator, that hire by Deion Sanders shows me that he knows what his job is. That's to be a CEO. And so you better get good coordinators and you got to run that program. And Shador played really well. Travis Hunter, I don't know how sustainable it is if you're going to allow that kid to play 100 plays every single week. Uh, JB, you're right. If you are an offensive coordinator, first of all, I'd say we're throwing away from Travis Hunter, but whoever's on Travis Hunter, there's going to be a natural play here. You're going to run the go route. We're never going to look to you, but you're going to run the go route almost every single play. We're going to wear your ass out, and that's it. Um, Smitty, you really think they're going to beat SC? That's interesting. That yeah, is I mean, interesting. Hmm. The reason why I'm saying that is, that, I mean, SC, and listen, Colorado defense didn't look hot either. But, again, at least with Colorado, I have a little bit of a built-in excuse. It's their literal first game with all the, the chaos, all the players, the new coaches, everything. I can see Colorado defense getting a little better. SC and Lincoln Riley teams in general, we have enough information to look at to know that Lincoln Riley led team equals bad defense. We know that. And SC's defense looks horrible. I can see SC Colorado having a shootout. I'm talking like 65, 62, crazy basketball scoring type of game. And I and I can see Colorado upsetting SC. It's gonna listen, there's always upsets every year. You know what I'm saying? It all it literally happens all the time. So to me, this is just the one that I'm calling out and that I'm seeing ahead right now. Colorado has all these weapons on, on offense. All, I mean, top tier. And if SC, unless SC defense does a complete, like, you know, 180, a, a, a complete turn here, I I just, I can see Colorado winning that game. So USC's going to score yeah. at 97 points on Colorado. <laughs> and Colorado's going to score 100. 197. That's my point. Yeah. But that's the problem, though. Here's the problem. Let's see it in the coaching, Steve. And we watched this game. And I know we talked to Matt on the phone during the game. We were talking to him live during the game. Here's the issue I have. I I love that Dion got a guy to play 129 snaps in 106-degree heat, and he didn't bitch, moan, and cry. And he didn't cramp up and fake and ask for Gatorade and, 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 and pickle juice. Here's the issue. He cannot do that many more games. Yeah. And we set that kid up for failure because at the end of the day, uh, we're going to think that he can do that forever. And when, when people start getting smart, when there's a book, we call it a book, when there's an actual resume of film out there, I mean, listen, I'll take one of those guys away, Edwards or him, even though they had four 100-yard receiving t- uh, players, it ain't going to happen every week. It's going to be too hard. And I'm going to tell you right now, Steve predicted this a while ago. We watched it, and last night I got to see it. Good friend of mine, Jonathan Smith, the head coach of Oregon State. <laughs> They are really good on defense, number one. They held a San Jose State team who had 500-plus yards on USC to 290 yards. They didn't, they didn't rush the football all over SC like, or all over them like they did SC, 250 yards rushing. Oregon State looked really good. But my question, Steve, is the Pac-12 top to bottom clear and head and shoulders the best conference in football right now? Uh, they're no worse than second. And they have the best quarterbacks, top to bottom. 
They have at least six, seven guys that will get drafted and play in the National Football League, and one of them will be DJU. Oregon State is solid as a rock. Jonathan Smith, if I'm Oregon State, and they're lucky that he's an alum, I'd say, Jonathan, I don't know where we end up as a conference because that's a shame that a program like that is going to be an orphan. Uh, I would tell Jonathan, you're going to be our Bear Bryant. Don't ever go away. We're going to build you a lot of stuff here. You're going to be the most important person in program history. And but, but, and they keep up with the Joneses because that's well, what we're you know what's interesting? I remember like five, six years ago, I was watching Pac-12 Network. I'm the one person in L.A. that had the Pac-12 Network, by the way. So I just happened to be watching, and they did this series of like showing the facilities at every school. Oregon State had some nice stuff back then, and I was impressed. I was like, wow. I was like, they are kind of serious about football. And keep this in mind, Coach and Smitty, they actually rebuilt their stadium. Yeah. Last year when they played SC, they only had half the stadium. They, the fans could only stay on one side because they were renovating it. So they're they're investing in the football. Now they have to find a conference after this year. Look, DJU will get consistently good looks on the back end because they will set up second and three a lot. Martinez is a, one of the best running backs on the West Coast. They have a really strong, stout offensive line, and they have some speedsters on the outside. And you could see DJ just getting better as the game went along. They're a tough, hard-nosed team. And, and, and I'm just saying, if there was a 12-team playoff this year, JB, you talked about how the Pac-12 is going to almost like rip each other apart. This would be one of those years in a 12-team playoff where I think two or three Pac-12 teams would be worthy of a selection. I think they're that good. Penix had a little bit of a slow start. But once Washington got it rolling, I'll say this again. Penix doesn't do a lot of the things that Caleb Williams has to do, but he does a good a job of getting that ball out when his back foot drops, scanning the field, getting rid of the ball on time. Uh, Bo Nix has turned into an excellent college quarterback. He's going to put up numbers. Jalen Deloria at Arizona, under my old guy, the U, Jed Fish, they're going to be an exciting team. Caleb Williams, obviously, is the human highlight film. Dante Moore, that era has begun. So I'm with you, JB. Tell me another conference that has as many good quarterbacks as the Pac-12, top to bottom. Nobody, not even close. Um, the guy at Washington State, Ward, he's a very solid guy. Guys oh, yeah. Both guys at Stanford are really good. I told you guys, they're, they're NFL guys. They're they're like a, they're a Clay Toon or whatever his name is, Toon. Um, listen, Penix is the, I believe, the best NFL, the most NFL ready guy in the Pac-12. I think there's some other guys. We all obviously know about Caleb Williams and winning the Heisman. He may win a second one. I don't know. Uh, we watched the 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 Mayo, uh, Mark Mayo, Mayo, uh, the White Mayo. We call him because Zach Smith and I and Steve all had a debate about it, and Steve had to correct the, uh, Zach and I. We, Zach and I, we didn't even know. We thought it was Mark May. We're like, is that Mark May from me? Well, I love Mark May. He's the one that played at Carolina in the eighties. Wasn't the one that went to Pitt. But, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, by the way, guys, the ACC is off to a good start. Is Florida State going to be here? Is Florida State beating Clemson this year? That's at Death Valley. By the way, people, I think, are underrating Clemson. They have a fancy new coordinator. I think Cade Klubnik at the college level can be pretty good. Showed some flashes last year, but Clemson has reloaded that defense. They have two All-American linebackers. Watch that young freshman, Woods. He's going to replace Brian Brzee. This is a stat about Clemson that someone told me. Their whole defensive line room outside of one guy who's a three-star Everyone else is a four and five star. 
So they got horses. If you look at the way the Clemson dynasty has been built, if you want to call it that, it's been generational quarterbacks, great wide receivers, and dominance up front defensively. The one question I have about Clemson is, do they have another Sammy Watkins in their program? I'm not sure they do, but that's the job of Garrett Riley to dial it up and find open spaces for their playmakers. Mm. And we're going to see uh, the Clemson, they played tonight, right? They played Duke. And by the way, Smitty, that's a tough game. It's that a tough game one. At, it's not easy. At Duke and Mike Elko last year, in my view, did a good a job of coaching as anybody. Not only did they win nine games, all four losses, one possession game. And keep this name on your radar, Riley Leonard. That's an NFL prospect. Not saying he's the next Daniel Jones, but he will get drafted. Big, strong athlete. Hey, by the way, baby Gronk committed to Colorado. Um, anyway, so let me <laughs> – well, it's good. To, it's good to see that he's not just taking transfer portal guys, coach. So that, that's a step in the right direction. Hey, so you and I, we've had these discussions. I've talked about it on this show. I've talked about it on Whitlock. I said, contrary to your belief, you can win overnight in college football in the current landscape. Yeah, by transfer portal by NIL money by the way that a coach goes and recruits and brings in eighty new guys. Will this be the model going forward? Yeah. We live in a copycat's monkey see, monkey do world. Is this gonna is this gonna be what we see? And and and, and come January one, everybody just fucking deletes their rosters. How well, what's gonna really happen here? Coach, let me just say this. If Mario Cristobal had a hot tub time machine and can go back to before his first season at Miami, he would do exactly what Lincoln Riley did and what Dion did. My theory is Mario being an alum of Miami, I think he felt for these kids thinking, hey, these kids are hurricanes, they're committed to my school, I can coach them up. And I think right around week three or four when they got blown out by MTSU, he said, I got to get rid of these bums. I really, he'll never say it publicly, but he actually had a conference last year with the reporters about certain parents not being happy and there was bitching. And he actually said to the reporter, well, these parents are free to pick up their kids when they want. And I knew right then, like, uh-oh, there's going to be a purge. And guess what he did this year, guys? 41 new players. So that is the new model. And that's why a lot of people are against Dion. I know certain people are going to say it's racial. I really don't. I think a lot of the old guard does not want to do this, Coach, and we've talked about it. When you are a Division I coach or a Power 5, there's a natural expectation that every year I'm going to lose 25 kids and I have to bring in about 25. I have to do the natural recruiting. Nobody wants to have to re-recruit 65 kids and then bring in 20. There used to be a time where you'd say, okay, I'm graduating 18 guys and I'm going to sign 20. Now at the, at the end of each year, you got to go through your roster saying, this kid's not happy, this kid's not happy, this kid. You know, who wants to recruit your whole team over again every single January, now December through February? Nobody, that's not, I don't even know. I don't want to say it's not fair. These guys are getting paid. But that's why I don't understand why Pat Narduzzi is taking heat. Pat Narduzzi is saying that's not the way I do it. Pat Narduzzi is an old uh, red ass. You know what? He's allowed to be his own red ass. Because let me just say about Pitt. We talked about on Pat Narduzzi's side in terms of this. You don't like what Pat Narduzzi said? Big effing deal. Let Dion's going to be Dion. Let Pat Narduzzi be Pat Narduzzi. And for all you people bitching about Pat Narduzzi, I will show you his track record. It's been shown. They do more with their talent, or as much as with their talent, they take a bunch of three stars and maximize them. He will never tell you, I'm bringing in my own Louie. 
because he's probably a type of guy that has Samsonite, to be honest. But his theory is this. Give me five years of your life, and I will maximize you. Stick. And by the way, they use the portal, too. Their quarterback is a portal guy, Bill Djurkovic. But this whole notion that somehow Pat Narduzzi does not allow to have his opinion because he disagrees with Dion, folks, get off everyone's jock and grow up. But for me, Steve, it's not about having your own opinion. Everybody having your own opinion, of course. It's just like leave, like, leave my name out your mouth. You focus on your your team and your school. You know what? You're right. I, I haven't said anything to you. Why? It's like but everybody's scared of Dion right now, Steve. Right, but, what if that, but what if that reports that? What about what Dion's doing? I see that a lot. What if there was a leading question as to why do you think the way Dion did it? Sure. That's, That's what I, Another thing I don't like is when Dion – this is where I got to get on Dion. Making it into a racial thing. Um, Again, I got to do this the most honest intelligent man in all of America, Steve Kim's got to say it. The biggest detractors of Dion leaving Jackson State were not white people. There were people upset that he lost, that he left the HBCU. Yeah. All my boys are white white folks. They don't care. They don't care about Jackson State. They don't care about the HBCU. The biggest detractors of Dion were not people that look like Pat Narduzzi. Can we be honest about that? No, for sure, for sure. Uh, again, well, again, have to be honest. So when people say, so when Dion's talking about you believe, he's lucky he didn't ask me that question. I'm, I'd be like, well, first of all, I, 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 I'm not. My job's not to believe, but I'd be like, second of all, um, the, I say, Dion, your biggest detractors were not the glacier gliders. But let me be honest about this. But let me jump in though. It, it's not that black people didn't believe in them. It's just a lot of black people who don't understand the full concept of what college sports is and understand the right side of it. They were just upset that he was leaving the HBCU, and that's I it. That doesn't I do it. Disagree, but a lot of media people are upset or are not upset. We're coming out saying they didn't believe. They said Colorado had the worst roster. Be lucky they win three or four games. There were three <laughs> touchdown underdogs. So the fact they won this game. That's why he's coming out and speaking like that. I'm with you on that. But his whole notion that you have to just say, see, here's the thing. And I see this in boxing a lot, is that if you're critical that you're quote unquote, as I like to say, hatering. (laughs) Well, I mean, what if they lose the next 10 games? Right. Does that same guy have to believe him? They're not going to lose 10. But I would be surprised if they win five or six, Dion should actually get coach of the year honors. Because I don't think people understand how tough it is to go from one victory to five doing what he did. Right. And this is what I hope Dion does. I hope Dion says to Colorado, I'm not leaving here for a while. Let me build this for five to six to seven years. Give this a real shot. Because I'll say one thing. I don't think he's getting that Florida State job. He's burnt that bridge, and Norvell has that thing rolling pretty good. But for Dion to say, well, do you believe? Well, what if you don't? So in what? Seriously. What if you don't believe? That's what? just, but listen, yeah, you guys know that's prime. As a player, he's going to talk. He's going to find some way to motivate his team. That's just all coaching, sports lingo. He's connected together. And right now, he's on his high horse. Again, everybody, not everybody, majority of America did not see them winning this game. No, so you're right. Right you now, he's just feeling good. You know, that's I love Leon for one reason. He's a disruptor and College football is losing its identity. Uh, you guys talked about it with Matt, that the rivalries are going by the wayside. A lot of the traditions are no longer. So I I like coaches like Harbaugh and Dion. You know why? Because they give programs an identity. You either hate them or love them. And any game that Dion and Colorado plays, you either want them to win or you want them to lose, but you give a damn. And I think that is good. Dion's going to be great. Dion is like that great professional wrestling manager he's like classy freddie blassie or the mouth of the south 
I mean, they're, they're a character. I think college football has become so bland, so corporatized. We need guys like Dion that from now on, there's a segment of the country that's always going to be Colorado fans, but there's a segment of the country that's always going to root against Colorado. Mm-hmm. People have not cared about Colorado since the last days of Cordell Stewart. So that's an important thing. And, and he's going to be able to recruit well throughout the portal and also high schoolers. But um, but I also like the fact that on Narduzzi say, you know what, we are about a certain way of doing it. We are blue collar. We're going to be different. I actually want to see Colorado and Pitt will play one day. Oh, me too. Because I think I it would be a fascinating – it would be like this um, this ethical and moral play, just, just like on a football field. A bunch of these hard-nosed five-year seniors – against a bunch of flashy guys. It would be Samsonite against Louie. I think it'd be a great storyline. I, I mean, Let me ask you this. The, the reason Darduby took a lot of heat, he mentioned Dion's name after, though, you lost Addison to SC. That is what I thought made mm. it work. It impacted it even worse. That's what I took from it. And it was like, you could Darduby should speak up and say what he says because he is a hard nose. He's done a hell of a job at Pittsburgh. And but then you lost Addison right when you were talking about it, and then you mentioned his name, and I'm like, ah, that's you know kind of problem. Here's what coaches need to do. I, 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 and there's no honor among thieves now. Throughout the rules, I would be pissed off if I am that Mac school or that mid-level P5 program that takes chances on high two, low three-star kids that the bigger schools don't want. And I use my resources, my coaching, my development. And all of a sudden, you're about to be somebody, and you have one good year, and the kid leaves, like Dorian Singer, the wide receiver at Arizona. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jed Fish did a hell of a job finding the kid, develop the kid had a 1,000 yards receiving, and now he's at SC. you got to face him the next three years. I don't want to hear it's about the kids. The coach is allowed to be pissed off too, okay? All you people that have never done this, talking about how coaches just suck it up because they get paid. You know what? You people bitch all the time about jobs. You're right. You get paid, right? So, Coach, I'm going to stick up for you. You're not just a red ass all the time. You're actually right about that. But I think coaches now have to do this. If I get an alert that my starting left tackle is being poached, I'll just start tweeting, hey, by the way, it's really nice. My left tackle is being poached by such and such coach. Start putting it out there. Seriously. This is now a blood sport. It is. And it's, it's, not, it's not amateur hour no more. And it's as not Logan amateur. Roy once said to his son, son, got to be a killer. Yep. Got to be a killer. You got to adjust and adapt. That's that's with anything. Whether you like it or not, times have changed. And if you want to make, you want to last and compete, you got to figure out, you got to figure out the best coaches do it. There's always something over time yeah. that, that something has changed. I'm sure we can go back to the 90s or the 80s where they recruited differently than how they recruited even 10 years ago. Things always change. The greats adapt. They learn. They adjust. They don't make excuses. And I think a lot of people right now are scared of coaches like Prime Time, like Dion, because of how great of a recruiter he is. I'm telling you right now, if I was still eligible and I was a player and I had a chance to go play in Colorado for Prime, I'm playing for Prime. Point blank, period. He, he makes you, as a player, want to run through a brick but wall. Smitty, let me ask a lot you of this, are scared of that because that's powerful. All right, hold on, Coach. Let me get this. So, Smitty, let's say you had a program, any program, and you're solid. Yeah. And you were solid. You had your place. People liked you. You had made a lot of contacts and sources that go beyond the game of football. But you had a place on your team like you're going to start. And let's say you get – all right, so Dion or anybody else, not just Dion, but another school intoxicates you with their status. And, like, man, I'm going to be like the Jeffersons. I'm moving on up to a deluxe apartment in the sky, high, high. 
But you find out there, you're second or third on the depth chart. Uh -huh. You don't know anybody. Four years, you don't like, yeah. like you don't really like the place to begin with. You know, I'll tell you a funny story. Not a funny story. So there's a guy that actually watches this show, and and and, and Smitty did a, a space with him. His name is John Drummond. He's he's locked into the South Florida football scene. He's a real knowledgeable football guy. Played at Western Kentucky. And we're on a space last week. And I said to John, I said, Drum, are you glad that there was not a transfer portal for you to get like seduced by? Because I he's actually very content with the fact that I went to Western Kentucky. I'm a Miami Hurricane fan, but I got my education paid for. I enjoyed football and he's doing well. Right. No bitterness with him. He said, you know what, Steve, I'll tell you one thing about this portal. He goes, when that thing went into full-blown effect a couple years ago, and he said, you know, my old coach, my position coach, texted me. And you know what he said? JB said, we just lost the ability to uh, to uh, to develop men for real life. Mm, we did. Because the reality, not all of you are making the National Football League. And at age 21, they're going to say, get into the real life. Get into the real hey, world. Good luck. Steve, 1% make it to the NFL. Right. Right. Well, and, and so I, I will tell you this. If I'm a guy, and if I'm, let's say I'm I'm Booster, okay, um, the Buddy Garrity, remember Friday Night Lights, the guy that supports the program, I, you know, a couple of McDonald's bags with more than just Big Macs underneath your door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I've liked you, and I've helped you out, and you've helped me out because it is a very, very transactional relationship. And if you leave steve kim you in that last year I'll say, all right i'm not gonna be happy about it. and you come back to me for some help and i'm gonna be like no no but if you graduated and played and you fulfilled your eligibility at my school you're one of my soldiers but if you want to act like a mercenary you will not be treated the same and i and i don't want to hear players bitching about it because i know a lot of players that have said you know steve i'm glad i stayed at one school because all my contacts for from that school if you're going to act like a mercenary, do not expect people to have the same amount of loyalty that you did not to that program. So as JB says, learn the facts of life. It's, this goes both ways. Nah, I, I, nah, I definitely hear you, man. And to answer your question, if, I, if I'm about to start from our current school, and I, hell no, nah, there, there's no way I'm leaving. I'm just saying if, the, if it's even playing field and I'm getting recruited by a prom, then there's a high possibility that I'm going to go out there uh, you know, and, and play for him. I see we got Ron here in the chat here uh, making jokes to, to Steve Kim. Steve I know the fun's coming to it. Camp with the on a grill. So <laughs> it is what it is. Hey, where we at? Is it fucking Viet Cong? <laughs> <laughs> no, I got on the helicopter. I escaped in Saigon. Oh, I ain't down with that. Hey, Steve, um, we're back on this relaunch, man. We got Eric Weddle Monday, Trent Richardson on Thursday. We're going to have you, Matt. Uh, Matt's all hyped up. He's on the Colorado bandwagon. He's got the blinders on. Um, I got to ask you, Steve, before you leave, we're talking about all these great teams in the SEC. South Carolina got mud drugged by North Carolina. Let's just be clear. I, last time I checked, South Carolina was an SEC school. Uh, LSU got drugged by Florida State last night in the second half. Um, and then Kentucky gets to play Ball State. No offense to Big Smitty. Good game. <laughs> Compared to first half. And we got Vanderbilt out there who played Hawaii. And we, I mean, like, come on, man. Like, let's be honest. Washington smoked Boise. Boise will probably be fired soon. There's no more Chris Petersons running around there. And then we got USC struggling on defense, which I've always said they will do underneath Leak and Riley. 
But what's going on in Florida after the swamp, after the, the 30 for 30 or, or the Netflix show? Can I know what your thoughts are on Billy Napier and how you don't tempo a slow, big, white, Polynesian-led team in Utah? How do you not tempo them with Florida athletes, and how do you look this bad? I predict this, right, Steve. Florida doesn't win one SEC game. Well, let me see if they play Vanderbilt, who they lost to, by the way, last year. Here's the thing with, with where Billy Napier has a problem. Um, Graham Mertz. Is, is kind of a mediocre Big Ten quarterback. He had a great- I didn't recruit him in JUCO. He's from Kansas. Yeah. So their offensive line is really bad, so that that mitigates the effectiveness of their two best players, which are the running backs, Montrez Johnson and ATN. But my biggest issue with Napier is this. You know the new clock rules, or I thought you did. You're down 24 to 3 in the third quarter. You have to go at halftime and say, guys, this clock is running real quick. That This this changed the way everyone coaches the game. You have to go tempo. And I'm watching that game, and, Coach, it was amazing how many times a play would run, and I'm thinking to myself, guys, get to the line. You're, you're down three scores. They're letting the clock run down to below 10 seconds. And I'm saying, if I'm Coach Whittingham, I'm just saying to my defensive coordinator, play back, play deep, cover two. Keep everything in front. They're going to run out the clock, which is, in essence, what they did. If Napier's seat was not hot before, it got warmer on that night. And their offensive line is depleted. Um, Their quarterback is mediocre. And I get the sense they lose another game or two in September, it could fall apart. And nowadays, with coaches, you don't get five years. You get two or three. And I'm just trying to figure out, was it really that bad with Dan Mullen? I I get it. Mullen had some issues. He wasn't the hardest recruiter. But Dan Mullen knew how to run a spread offense. Honestly, he really did. If I was an offensive player, I would love to play for Dan Mullen. He will get you the ball in open spaces. But that that whole situation is interesting because, to me, if you would have had Anthony Richardson back, it's a different team. He was because he at the college level, his legs are going to make a huge difference. They'll make offense, even though he only throws at 53%, Darnell. Don't give me that shit. He was. I didn't, I didn't say, I'm, just listening. I'm listening to you. I didn't say anything. Oh, I'm yeah. I see the way you're looking. Hey, oh, and by the way, all these people in the chat, I just want to point out one thing. Dion went to a PWI. Checkmate. So don't give me that shit, okay? Again, I have to be honest. He went to a PWI, and as Eddie Robinson said, he ain't swack. Bite off of that. But anyway, but here's the thing about Napier. You better understand one thing. I think Cristobal has this thing turned around. Norbell has really this thing turned around. Uh, USF's a good program. Guys, they might be the fifth or sixth best program in Florida. Ugh, that's a tough pill to swallow. Hey, having said all what you just said, let me let let me be devil's advocate here. And and, and I hate I, I don't hate. Uh, I like to defend young men when I can, when it's rel- when it's deserving. But are you as mad today? As you were yesterday, about AR5 leaving early with this fucking team and roster? No, look, it, he went number three in the draft. It, it may have shown he made the right choice as much as we think he's underdeveloped, and I don't know if he's ready to start week one. But as long as the Colts understand we're going to win a, not a lot, and we're going to have to, like, really surround him. Um, and, and, again, for his own development, I would have said to Jonathan Taylor, okay, we're paying you for a year or two. Because you're the security blanket. Okay, you're going to consistently get 
second and five with Jonathan Taylor. We're going to make quarterback. I don't know if they're doing him any favors by alienating their most consistent offensive player when he's healthy. I really don't. But as long as they understand, like I heard Darnell, they don't have a single player over 30. Yeah. Right? That yeah. So you already know what they're doing, which is fine. As long as they understand we're going to hit your wagon to AR5, let's live and learn. That's That's fine. But Anthony Richardson last year, for as flawed as he was, Coach, he beat Utah single-leggedly or two-leggedly last year at the Swamp. Yeah, why? You know why? Slow white division. All right. They have black guys, too, at Utah. They've had, like, Devin Lloyd. <laughs> They've had Clark Phillips. They, they, their running backs are pretty good. They, they, you're making it sound like they're, they're the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. They're not, Coach. Whittingham drafts the he, he, they recruit the brothers too. Don't give me that. They've had hey, I love my boy D Jones in the house, the brother in the chat who agrees with me, the white dude on the wall. Why this is why AR5 should absolutely sit and not start, especially with Jonathan Taylor not being I'm available. With, look, I'm with you on that, but I think nowadays in the National Football League with the fact that if you can play with the rookie quarterback on their salary, the days of guys sitting, like Steve McNair did not play till year three, by the way. Year three, not year two, year three. Chris Chandler actually played the first couple of years in Houston and then Tennessee, whatever. Because Jeff Fisher said, look, I'm going to nurture this kid and we have to take some time. So in his first two years, McNair did not even throw 130 passes combined or 134, I think. I looked it up one day. That nowadays, if you draft a quarterback that high and you're not playing by year three, you know what they call you? Bus. Trey Lance. Yeah, bus. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> That's almost, hey, calling it Trey Lance might be worse. Man. We're in the NFL uh, week. We're NFL week one coming up. Do you like the fact we talked about the other day before you get out of here? I know you got to go and get ready for the airport and everything. Let me ask you. Do you like the fact that there's now a week off before the season to where – because we, we cut the preseason down a week, obviously, uh, because we're soft in America. So let me ask you, we cut that down. Wouldn't you rather see them bump it up and then play right into the season? Because let's be honest, we're not the most prepared athletes of all time. We have a lot of injuries, soft tissue. How many – what are we really doing in this week off right now? And I just don't want to see my best players get into week one after being off a week and a half and then blow at a hamstring well, or a groin because now it's full speed when we've been walking through in the NFL now that we wear helmet condoms. So I just got to be honest, that is a real thing. And I've talked to a bunch of coaches. You got you to gotta practice some type of full speed uh, simulants here this week or you're going to pull a hamstring and a groin and everything else this week one by being off a week and a half, I don't know if I love it. I'm going to just be honest. Uh, well, Matt, Big Matt talks about it all the time. Body callus. Body callus matters. And, you know, Eric Dickerson, I think I told you this. He does a show out here every Monday during football season with Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete, the L.A. legends. And last year, Eric Dickerson said, as a running back, mind you, he said, man, I'm going to tell you right, right now, I hate what they're doing with the preseason. Me as a player? If you said, Eric, you get the whole preseason off, and the first time you get the ball is going to be live action with guys coming at you 150, and you would have said, nope. Because I needed to play at least two and a half quarters of real football in the preseason, if not three, to be ready to play the game of football. Imagine that, and that's a running back. 
the way it used to be in the olden days when me and you grew up, JB, you'd get four preseason games, actually cut down from six. So the first game, the starters or the starting quarterback and guys like that may play a series or two. The second game, they would play a quarter. Then they always said the third game was the most important. They play a half, all the starters. And the fourth game, you would just kind of like, okay, now you lay back. I would actually, I, I as a, if I was a back end roster player, one of the guys from let's say forty to forty five, and there's a lot of those guys fighting for those jobs. I'd hate the fact there's only three preseason games, and because you can't put out any tape, there's no opportunity to show somebody, hey, I can make a contribution here. I can make a difference. You're taking that away, actually. Now it becomes guesswork. And you're right. Football and all contact collision sports, you actually have to be used to that contact and collision like boxing. Could you imagine going into a fight never sparring one round? Mm. I, I mean, honestly, it'd be the dumbest thing. And I, I, I don't recall, JB, when we had four preseason games, that many season-ending injuries in the last week of preseason football. I don't. I mean, it happened, but I don't recall it that often. And I kind of equate it to, to boxing. Fighters fight less, but now they have more injuries. Why? Why do, they, why, why do more than miss weight more than ever? Why are they always pulling out of fights when they only have one or two fights a year anyway? You know why? Probably because they're overtraining and underperforming and there's not that callous. Bottom line. I, I feel that, but my, my only nugget to that is that, like, as a college football player myself, you know, we didn't have a preseason. We went straight from camp, uh, practice scrimmages against each other, and we go to week when we go straight to game one. Yeah, but you so played, like, you had refereed scrimmage games with probably two of them, right? Yeah, 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 you did. You did, but but you know, you understand, uh, scrimmages against each other is I not know. the exact but, same as the game. Even when you played, Smitty, you used to hitting scrimmages in college. Oh, no, we we, we went live. I, I did two of days. Yeah, we don't know more, homie. Hey, Smitty, do you think this would be a good idea for colleges to actually have practices or scrimmages that aren't necessarily games, but they're scrimmages like the NFL does? Play another program. Oh, I would love to do it. So it's funny you bring that up. You know, the greatest high school in America, the Warren Central, myself, Justin Whitlock, both went there. We, every single summer in high school, we would have a summer camp for about I think three or four days where – Two schools from different uh, yeah. cities, different states would come in. I think East St. Louis, uh, which was a powerhouse when I was in high school, would come in. And then uh, another school from, like, uh, Illinois would come in, three teams, and we have, like, a rotation where you actually practice with those guys, and then you do a scrimmage with those guys at the end, at the end of the camp. And it, I'm telling you, it, cha- it, was, it changed everything in terms of preparation for that season. Just having that real contact against somebody else, that real competitiveness against another player that's not your teammate, got us ready for that week one. So I would love to do that, Steve. Yeah, yeah I just, you know, to me, um, I, I don't even, look, you can't talk about player safety. We're taking away a preseason game when you now have 17 regular season games. Right. <laughs> it's counterintuitive. Yeah. I mean, even even this thing with the college football about uh, the running clock and people have said it's player safety, less plays. Guys, these games aren't taking that much shorter I'm, they're still running the same amount of commercials. You could cut down the halftime. This is all about television windows. The one thing I've noticed the last decade is if you're going to tape a game on DVR or record it, you have to put in another half hour because these games were taking four hours sometimes, especially if they went into overtime. Or if you had two teams that threw the ball a lot that actually were good at it, 
I remember watching games, or like I'd be waiting for a 12:30 game on a window, and I'd turn to the channel, and I'd look, and it's like 10 minutes to go till 12:30, and there's 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and I'm like, oh god. And luckily now you have streaming services, so if you're watching a game on ESPN that that overlaps with another one, you can just go on the app, um, and then watch that beginning of the game before the other one ended. But that was the real issue. That's why they got the whole clock thing. It had nothing to do with player safety. It's like boxing. You know, they'll tell you that the 15-round the, the fight was banned because of Dooku, Kim, Ray Mancini. But there was also another reality. It was much easier to, uh, to fit a 12-round championship fight in an hour window of television programming than 15, which could sometimes seep over. So all of these moves, they'll tell you it's about athlete safety and health. Really, it's determined by television. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Steve, I know you're getting out of here. I got a question as you leave the room here today. Um, you are a proud American, one of the most proud Americans I know. I got to be honest. Are you a proud American today because the U.S. basketball team lost to Croatia? Yeah. Lithuania or Croatia? Lithuania, I have a question. One of those yeah, but coach, I have a question. How many of our best players really played? What type of squad Thank was you. that? That that's Thank you. Did we right. send in our B squad. We got Austin Reeves, our second best player on the team right <laughs> now. And respect <laughs> Austin Reeves. Hold on. Come on. Austin Reeves is on our national team. That's our JV national. No, no offense to Austin. You're good at basketball. Oh, oh so the America is not the best basketball country in the world anymore. Well, we're we, 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 we we no. our tier oh, players. No. We are. We didn't send our best, JV. Stop. You're being a troll right now. I know a man in 1980 who took a bunch of kids and beat Russia's greatest team ever. How about that? All right. Well, first of all, word to Herb Brooks, okay? Yeah, exactly right. Herb Brooks took a bunch of kids and beat a grown man team who beat the NHL's best New York Islanders. Or on their home ice before we beat them in hockey. All right. Well, what first of all, first of all, for Austin Reeves, this is a this is a historic moment. I never thought hockey would be discussed on this show, especially from JB. But anyway, that was a miracle. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. But if, if, but those these other countries have caught not have, they've not caught up. They have closed the gap on American basketball. Yes. All right, Steve. I know this thing. We're not talking basketball. Well, did we really bring in LeBron? Did, how many of them are like Kevin Durant? Chris, play. KD, like Devin Come Booker. On, Come on, Jason Tatum. Oh my God, it would be scary. Stop. If they didn't. I, did they? If they did not bring in guys like KD, even LeBron. Let's give him credit. He's still one of the best. If they didn't bring in those type of guys, did we really send our best? So hold on, hold on. Don John in the chat here said JB's comparing a Disney movie to basketball. I think that her books and the 80 well, that actually happened. That actually fun. happened in Lake Placid. It's not a movie, based on a movie. Yeah, I mean, I he, he probably didn't know. He didn't know. Hey, so listen, Steve, let me ask you this, though. So you're telling me if I were to pick my best five, are they all Americans or are they all Euros? Well, no, the best player in basketball right now is that big fella up there in Denver. But okay, if so you actually said the best twenty players in basketball, I again I'm not a basketball guy anymore. I would be willing to bet out of the best twenty players across the world, at least 
a dozen would be pure Americans. Am I right on that, Smitty? You follow this more closely than I do. Let's be honest. I don't know if I agree. Yeah, that's, no, that's fair. Like, listen, I, I agree with you. Probably about 10 to 12 of them would be more, uh, or would be American. But the top, like, probably, you could argue three to five players. You could argue is overseas. You got, you got Luka Doncic. You got uh, Joel Embiid. You got Giannis. You got, uh, uh, obviously, the, the Joker. These are four of the top. 10 players at least for sure in the world. So they have closed the gap, but let's stop. Like, just like you said, JB, earlier about the SEC being top heavy, but the Pac-12 being the best overall conference, they not messing with America when it comes to overall talent, overall players. And again, we're talking about the best individual country when it comes to basketball. It's America by far. These players who, are, who I'm naming right now are all from different places. They're not all from the same location. Right, that's the so still thing. America number one. Stop, JB. <laughs> hey Steve, hey Steve, the All-Star game and Adam Silver's weirdo self looking like he's straight out of higher learning. They need to, they need to play Euro versus American in the All-Star game. And let's just be real. That'll be the most exciting competitive All-Star game we can possibly create. Okay, could you really okay? Here's my question. The top tier Euro players in the NBA are elite. Right, Smitty? Yeah. What's the problem? Who's five through twelve? Hey, you gotta play. You gotta play. You gotta players, play. Right? Am I right, Smitty? That, like the top five are excellent. It's it's just that bottom, the second half of that roster. If you put together an NBA All Star team, I think all the way to about nine or ten, you still have some elite guys. Then you'd yeah. have to fill it out with guys that play a specific role. Dave. For as flawed as the NBA is, the most of that talent for the most part, is still being produced by our country. Is it not? It is. It is, right? it is but I'll play devil's advocate. Um, you're going to have Chris. You're going to have CP2. He'll play and he'll get hurt. He won't play. You'll have KD. He'll play. He'll have an excuse. Kawhi will load manage and not play. He'll have an excuse. Paul George won't play. He'll have an excuse. So the Euros would win, in my opinion, because they uh, won't mm. We still got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Jimmy Butler, like guys who are like dogs who yeah. go right. The thing is, the, the pool is too deep. No matter who you want to go at, the pool is too deep. Even the guys who are not even our best in the league right now will go to Euro and dominate. Imagine Zion and overseas, like even guys like that who are not I even top of the league. What are you talking about? Y'all Morant with the blinky. He might be out there who He's like we got the whole man. I'm not okay, Smitty. Now, now we're. I'm not putting Zion on any All Star team. Hey, I didn't say Zion. Y'all not hearing me? I said even the guys who are not the best of the league will go over there and still dominate. That was my whole point. You know what Zion would do in a place like Italy? Um, don't you would eat all the pasta. There'd be a pasta hey. shortage. There'd be no lasagna. There'd be no rigatoni. He'd be so going from all the pies he'd eat. He'd look like he'd put Goodyear on his stomach and float him over the Coliseum. No more rigatoni. I mean, my (laughs) God. Please please tell me this. If we played America, world versus America in the NBA All-Star game, who is scoring on Giannis, Joker, and Embiid down low? Please answer me this out of America. Who is scoring? Kevin Durant. He's gonna Kevin score. Booker. Steph Curry. Oh. Steph Curry. Stop. 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 Not on a Monday, JB. Not on a Monday. We just got back. I gave you two weeks to get your mind right, to reset. You're not about to do this on day one. Stop it. Can I, can I put Smitty on timeout some type of way and put him in the, like, 
Mute Steve. me, mute me, do it. Mute me. I don't care. Hey, 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 Steve, it's been great. Uh, we'll see you Thursday on the road. I'll be in Nashville at some hotel near whatever, and uh, I'll be on there with uh, with Whitlock throughout the week and stuff like that. But I'll be watching. You guys will be my wake-up call in the morning or after hey, breakfast. They have a snooty fox in uh, Nashville? Have a what? A snooty fox. No, what is a snooty fox? You don't know Sunny Fox. You're not from the hood, Steve. Sunny Fox is on Crenshaw. It's got a heart mirror on the roof. So when you're doing it, you're doing your nasty, you can see yourself in the heart-shaped mirror. Oh, that's romantic. Okay. It is. It's got vibrating beds, uh, heart-shaped beds. Um, I think I'm a Marriott. They don't have those. So Yeah, you should probably have a full-on detox when you enter the building. But, hey, it is what it is. All right, fellas. I'll talk to you Thursday. I'll be watching now. Same Later, was there. <laughs> um, Steve Kim, everybody, clap it up. Um, Big Smitty, we got to take a break because you got to piss. You got a little baby bladder. You can't hold it. I got to piss too, by the way, so you can talk shit. Um, <laughs> hey, man, we got a lot going on. Everybody in here, pound the like button, subscribe, become a member. On a holiday, we got 700 people. Shout out to everybody. Um, for doing that and getting back with us as we're going to blow this thing up. We need to hit a thousand uh, live every rest of the week. Thousand live the rest of the week because we're going to have a fire show, fire lineup. Eric Weddle Monday, T Ritz Thursdays, Matt and Steve every day, other days, Zach Smith, Jeff Nadu, and Fridays, we will have Joe Madden to come on and talk. Uh, Joe Madden's going to come on and talk some betting with us. And then on Sundays, Last Chance Q, Sean Salisbury and I, every Sunday, three-hour pregame show live right here on YouTube. Uh, and we're going to break down show film. We're going to do it all, man. It's the best YouTube channel in the, on the planet. So don't be uh, slapdicks. Go don't ahead. And, and I see y'all celebrating, man, taking shots because we are back. And I appreciate y'all for celebrating uh, 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 the right way. Everybody grab your cups. In the chat, you got a cup. Take a shot because we back and we not playing around, man. I'm telling y'all right now, man. Hit that like button. Pound it. Yes, sir, man. I do have to take a pistol, JB, so. Yeah, hey, we'll be back. We'll be back in 320. Peace. He shouldn't be fired. And if he is, it's racist, according to Steven Jackson. Now, I'm going to be real, man. I've been around Steven Jackson quite a few different opportunities, big three basketball events. Um uh, I've been cool with him, Matt Barnes. We've kicked it and hung out. It's all good. Whatever. Doesn't mean you're going to be boys and have to agree to everything. And it doesn't mean you have to be enemies because you don't agree. <laughs> Let's just be clear. But some of you narrow-minded folks out here can't fucking grasp the concept that disagreements create great conversation. And you think that a disagreement now is calling someone out and starting a beef when really you're just saying, no, this is my opinion. I don't agree with your shit. Because I just saw Nick Nurse, who won a title a few years removed, get fired. I just saw Booz, Budenholzen, who just got fired two years after winning a title. And it's funny that no one's talking about Nate McMillan, a black coach who got fired and pushed out by a black player, Trey Bitch Made Young. But I haven't heard Steven Jackson on this one. It's funny. I haven't seen J.J. Reddick come out and talk about why Trey Young, why player empowerment is the real issue here, regardless of skin color, race, creed, tone, all that bullshit set aside. 
I want to know why the real ones, apparently Steven Jackson is supposedly a real one. Why you ain't came out, homie, and kept it 100 like y'all say? Kept it a buck. Why you ain't came out and talked about Mark Jackson keeping Joker off the MVP ballot and putting fucking Donovan Mitchell on that motherfucker and, and fucking Alexander from the Thunder over Joker? Why you ain't came out and said, hey, dog, you know you out of pocket for that shit, homie. You know Joker's supposed to be on your ballot. Come on, Mark Jackson. But nah, we jump right over that. And we go straight to Mark Jackson built the Golden State Warriors, and it was racist to fire him. The guy they hired won four titles, motherfucker. What are we talking about here? The guy that you hired won four titles. Mark Jackson don't even know that Joker's in the fucking NBA, and you want to give this motherfucker another job? But let's not say racist. Let's not talk about that. Boozholzen in Milwaukee got fired two years after winning the title, by the way, by a black player, Giannis, saying that I don't agree with what he's doing on defense. I want him out. And guess what? I haven't heard anyone call that racist. Why? See, why is it a white dude speaks about brothers? He got to be racist. When a brother talk about white folks, he's uh, he's cool. He, he All right, I'm here. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back in the building. Um. Pound that like button, subscribe, become a member. And uh, look, bottom line is, welcome in. Andre Duke's back in the building. A lot of you guys might have to re-up. You may have to re-up your membership um, because we do have new tiers. And the Slap Nation Discord. You can talk to Eric Weddle, Matt McChesney, Steve Kim, myself. But it is also more money. It's not $1.99. So, hey. You got to pay to play sometimes, and everyone else is paying, so why not? You guys got to check it out. Plus, we will give you merch, first opportunity to get new free merch and everything else. So come on over to the Slap Nation Discord. Become a member of this show again if you're not one. And, hey, the best show on planet Earth is right here. We got to get that on our T-shirt, Smitty. Earth. Yeah, I look at your camera. Your camera is like adjusting to your face. And I got you that new camera that nobody gives me credit for because I'm the producer around this motherfucker. I mean, you producer, I'm producer. We got a new director. I don't think we announced our real new producer, Chris Martinez. Played with Eric Weddle in high school. Shout out to Chris. Um, Ethan, Ethan is still in the back helping out, doing all our vertical clips. Derek, Eric with the wrench. Derek is still here. We got a new team member, Felipe. Shout Felipe! Out Felipe! Felipe's cutting all our live clips. So if you're watching Twitter right now, Felipe's throwing out live one to two minute clips right now during the show. So we got it cracking. We're going to clean it all up. And don't forget about our graphics guy, Joe Baker, in the building. Um, Yes, Joe Baker, best graphic guy in the building. Look at these graphics behind me. This shit's moving around and like that shit's fire. We got some fire shit cracking. We got a new big Smitty got a backdrop. Hey, yeah, yeah, I like my setup. Cause listen, all summer long, I've been getting hell from everybody in this chat. Every single show. We like Big Smitty, but we hate his background. Oh my God, that look janky. When is he gonna change that? Well, it got upgrade. I, I listen to y'all. 
I heard y'all, and we made change. Look at the big poster in the back. Look at the camera. My skin is just glowing right now with this camera, JB. That's that camera, homie. I gave you that camera that touched all, all the blemishes you got away. Ain't no blemish. I didn't know I looked this good, y'all. Why, why didn't nobody tell me? Y'all ain't tell me your boy looked this good. The skin is glossy hey, right now. to my boy Enoch. Uh, a lot of you guys may have met Enoch at my house if you know me personally, but Enoch set my whole studio up. Look at this, Big Smitty. I got options. Ooh, we're doing this super big. You got different angles? I got different angles, dog. <laughs> hey, I can see your phone right there. I see you live on TikTok. You better be careful. Make sure if you go to this angle, JB, you ain't got no crazy stuff going on on that phone. That's all I'm going to say nah, about nah, that. I don't care. You, hey, I, remember, when you tell the truth, you don't got to remember. You ain't going to see that. What are you going to see on there? A dick pic? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we ain't going to see that, bro. It'd be real small. But anyway, man, let's. <laughs> Look at that view right there, though. Ooh, the wider view. I like that one. Man, look at this. What up, what up, what up? <laughs> hey, I, 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 Eddie, you're not calling in. You're a dollar ninety-nine member. Stop. Um, we got a lot going on. Eddie, you can't call in. You got boost mobile Wi-Fi, number one. Your phone is horrible. And number two, you're a Dallas Cowboy fanatic. You're worse than uh if you want to talk about Matt being a, a homer, what are you, Eddie? Oh, yeah, he's a homer, 1,000%, oh, man, 1,000%. Hey, this is what we're going to do different, y'all, for NFL season specifically, man. We're going to end every show to and give the, the upper-tier members an opportunity to ask us questions. We we may even bring one or two of y'all in to talk to us directly. We're going to end the show that way to give the upper-tier members an opportunity to really get your, your thoughts, your questions, your statements heard so make sure y'all stick around and again if you want to have that exclusive access to myself to jb to steve kim to any and listen we're gonna have some big time guests too even outside of our normal lineup with with weddle with t rich we might bring on we might bring on Erlacher. <laughs> we might bring on tj hoosh we might bring on and we don't who knows we might bring on y'all but i'm telling y'all that's why things are shifting things are improving we're doing all this for y'all let's blow this thing up and JB, I think it's time for our next segment, man. Can we do a him versus him coaches edition? Can we do that, JB? Uh, if you if you if you want to, <laughs> let's do it, man. Him versus him coaches edition, and I'm super excited about this one because we got the best coach right here to my left in Coach JB. So I want to hear your thoughts, man. First one, him versus him. Jimbo Fisher or Brian Kelly? Him versus him. Choose one. Tell us why. Take your time. Uh, I'm taking Brian Kelly, hands down. Um, people forget that what Brian Kelly did at Notre Dame, being an independent, um, not being in a, in a league or conference, mm -hmm. having a huge, you know, basically TV contract that's, that's just a mega star in its own right without yep. being having a conference is really, really hard to do. He did kill a person um, during his tenure there. A kid fell out of a, 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 of a damn tripod uh, filming. And oh, then he still, got a, he still got an LSU job because it is a good old boy network. It is recyclable business. And I think he's kind of out there um you know we, we've already seen the fake antics that he's done with the accents and all this stuff in lsu it's really kind of cringeworthy that y'all say uh, yeah. i call it secondhand embarrassment but i've known jimbo a long time 
and it's not much different. And the fact that Jimbo makes more money. Jimbo's been at a place like Florida State. They did get a natty, but the, the roster was not his, by the way. He inherited that most of that roster um, who's with a great coach that's still there, beloved coach, the D-line coach there. But having said that, um, Kelly rebuilds programs. He'll, he made Notre Dame relevant again. He won 10 games a year. He played in Alabama in a natty at Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know if Jimbo can I I can't put Jimbo ahead of Brian Kelly because Jimbo for the most part, um, even though he got that natty, I want to see him rebuild a school and do what it do what Brian Kelly's done. I, he has not even come close at AM. I'm gonna take Kelly and I don't like I'm gonna be honest, I'm not a fan favorite of either. I'll take Kelly. Yeah, I, I knew that was gonna be a tough one right there, Jamie. But you gonna always keep it real, and uh, no, de definitely appreciate that, man. You know, I hey, listen. Kelly yeah. hasn't won a natty. Jimbo has, but this is the difference. Like I just said, remember, listen, don't just hear me, people in the chat. I said I want to see what Jimbo can do, like Brian did in rebuilding a program. You have to rebuild a program from scratch. Brian Kelly did it at Notre Dame. He already has started at LSU. And you got a guy with the biggest bag of money in college football at AM. And you also have the number one collective in AM, the biggest oil tycoon in the world. And the fact that you have the number one recruiting class every year and you haven't gotten better. There's a telltale sign in all that. Stop talking to me, everybody that is a casual in the chat. All right, next. Next one, him versus him. And I'm pretty sure, I think I know what answer you're going to go with here. Him versus him, Mac Brown or Dabo Sweeney? By the way, before you answer, Mac Brown just became, I think, the only coach in, in history to win 100-plus games with two different programs, obviously Texas and now with North Carolina. So shout out to Mac for doing that. That's, that's legendary status. Uh but him versus him, man, Dabo or Mac Brown? Uh, I'm rolling with Dabo. Here's the fact, what reason why. Um, Dabo is one in a much harder era to recruit and sustain, especially playing Nick Saban, beating him twice in a four-year span, winning two natties, becoming the most relevant roster and football team program in America was with guys like Deshaun Watson, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you're talking about guys that yeah. uh, changed the game. And listen, I love Mac. Great dude. Great human. Family. Great wife. Everything. Mac did great things. Won it all at Texas. Beat, shocked, you know, Texas. Shocked USC. All those things. Um, But I got to be honest. If we're going to war, I can't take a guy that's pushing 80 years old. Mm. And I got to roll with the young guy who, in my opinion, will be the next head coach at Alabama in Davo Sweeney. Hold on. You can't just uh, end the take like that and then take a sip out your mug with, with something like you, you got Davo being Bama's next head coach. Oh, yeah. I've been saying it for years. Yeah, yeah. That's a big that's a big time. You know, he played there. He went there. He yeah. there. He, he it makes perfect sense. Why not? Mm, OK, and man. Say, Saban, Saban will, 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 will probably endorse it. That's a great man. Hey, now I appreciate that, man. Let's hey, see. I, I, 
We'll do another hot take after. We have to have hot take Mondays or something, but we'll do that after your rest of your questions. Okay, that's good. Now, I actually thought you surprised. I thought you, you were going to go with, with, with Coach Mac Brown, but it sounds like your answer was more so like today. Who you going with today? You going with the younger gun, you know what I'm saying, which I completely understand uh, as well. So next one, though. All right. Him versus him. Jim Harbaugh or Ryan Day? Uh, Jim Harbaugh, not even close. Yeah, I figured that one. Ryan Day, and I can't wait for Zach to pop on here one day. Ryan Day is the equivalent to Kyle Shanahan in the NFL. Ooh, I don't know if that's good or bad, but from, coming from you, it's probably bad. <laughs> Ryan Day is the Kyle Shanahan of college football. And I'm going to be honest. Their quarterback play is fucking awful. Mm. Ohio State is in real trouble this year, and Michigan may just mud stomp their ass. It might not even be close because here's why. Michigan's playing for a guy in Jim Harbaugh right now who thinks got the shaft by the NCAA, been suspended his first three games. They're riding for him. All the players are coming out publicly. T-shirt, hey, T-shirt was what, saying free, uh, yep, free Harbaugh. Dog. Michigan has 20 draftable players on their roster, more than Georgia. They are the best roster in college football. It's not even close. Harbaugh will be back in the NFL, and he will be coaching against his brother as the Cleveland Browns head coach next year. You out here throwing... Left and right hot takes, hot punches right now. You saying a lot, but I like it, JB. AFC North. Right I got two hot takes in America in the world right now, and I'm willing to bet money on them. Hey, Felipe, clip that off ASAP, Rocky. I need All the right, world to here's see that. My number one hot take. Number one hot take. Jim Harbaugh will be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns next year. He'll be playing his brother every year, twice a year, and just like he did in the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick in the Niners. All right, number one. By the way, they win that game if the lights don't go out. Number one. Number two. Lincoln Riley will be the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, and Caleb Williams will go with him. And the head coach for the USC will be Cliff Kingsbury this time next year. Mark it down. Hey, it's so hot in here. I'm about to take my shirt off. These are some hot ass takes, but I like it. It makes hey, sense. They not only takes, they're I got a little bit of insight on these things, but I'm going with it. I've been saying this for quite a while. I would bet money that those things happen. But let me ask you this though. With the last take, with as far as Lincoln Riley going to the Raiders and they are you saying specifically the Raiders is, is, is what is where it's going to happen? Or are you more so saying whoever gets Kenneth Williams is going to get Lincoln Riley? No. Because I can um, see the Cardinals being getting the first pick. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is the only way that Lincoln Riley is not a Raider next year is if McDan Josh McDaniels goddamn damn near wins the Super Bowl. And that ain't happening. Because – Josh McDaniels is going to be fired after year two because of what's going on there. Here's why. Devontae Adams is leaving and going to be a Jet. Let's just keep it 100. Yeah. The running back will not be back. 
Jacobs, he did come back though, right? Didn't they agree to he something? He's not going to sign long term. The short term deal. And no. you have a roster that does not believe in this guy. Now, here's on the. I will tell you what I do know, and I won't give you my source, but I'll tell you what's fact. Mm. Cliff Kingsbury and Lincoln are boys. Cliff told Lincoln, listen, dog, we're almost at that age. You better take your shot at the league now before it passes you by because you can always come back in this good old boy network in this fraternity we have and do what you just did with me. Hire me as an analyst and I'll keep my millions and I'll come be an analyst at your program. And then what? I'll be the head coach at SC like you're going to make me when you leave and go be an NFL head coach and try it out a couple years. Mm. And it won't work. Lincoln will fall bad just like Cliff did. He'll be back in college at whatever pick of your choice, correct? He'll be wherever he wants to go. He might be at LSU or Texas A&M. Who knows? But that is my true belief in what's going to happen in this football landscape, you're going to see these type of things, domino effect, fall, and it's already been in the works, dog. Trust me. Damn. It makes a lot of sense. My only question with the league and right thing is, and it might sound kind of silly, but I think I think it has, a, has some legs to it. Do you think a Raiders job as head coach is better than the head coach job at SC? Well, my, that's, my point, though, is, if you don't take your NFL shot, you, you never can't get it. Take it later. You got to take it. And you go to any NFL team. Any NFL team is an NFL team. So right. let's just be honest. You got to go straight to, to – you got to try it if this – let me be honest. Coaching and coaches, all right, we are – Penn State, look at that. Egotistical human beings in the world. Mm. we have the biggest egos it's not necessarily a bad thing um by the way that's lane kiffin lane kiffin wrote me that personally um Mm. that that's not a bad thing uh but it is a real thing we have egos lincoln riley is possibly one of the biggest egotistical cats in this profession you don't leave Oklahoma like you did if you did if you weren't. Is it a knock on him? Am I so mad that he left him? No, it's not what I do. But what I'm saying is we all have egos in some facet, shape, or form. So he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He'll bounce, and he'll take a shot at the NFL. Why not, Big Smitty? Why not do it? Right. Like, right. You can come back and be a head coach in college tomorrow. So why not do it? Why wouldn't he do it? So – that's the that's the thing, but at the same time, you know, it's gonna happen. And I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Don't be shocked if Harbaugh's replacement is none other than Urban Meyer. <laughs> oh man, you're going crazy right now, hey. We talked about this offline during our Sunday meeting about figuring out some way to like save some of these hot takes for future time because if they come to light, we gotta we gotta have receipts to show people who said it first and who said it when. So we damn gotta cut this whole entire block out, post it as a YouTube clip, and save it in a hot takes folder to make sure we do not forget this. Because man, that. You saying a lot, but it makes sense. That's what that's the thing that makes it interesting. It's not like you just saying some random shit 
It actually makes a lot of sense. Dog, I'm just being honest. Like, I know Urban, personally. I know what he does. I know what makes him click. He would love to give Ohio State a shit sandwich. Man. Like, I'm just telling you right now. People, you guys out here don't know these guys like I do. Trust me. Like, I'm telling you. And I'm just I'm just being real with you guys, man. That is a real thing. And by the way, Nova Grizzly on TikTok said I was hating on Colorado. Big Smitty, oh. please tell me when I hated on Colorado. No, you wasn't oh. hating on Colorado. I mean, you, you I, don't... I think I picked them to win. I to told win. I did rants on TikTok. I did rants before about what he's doing and what Prime has done. I've talked right. to Prime about it. I've put TikTok videos out there about it. I defended him against Narduzzi, by the way, on a on a rant. Yeah. When did I hate on Colorado? No, nah, you never know? hate. You had questions. Y'all just yeah. hear. And when did I hate on Shador? I said, and by the way, I'm sticking to my guns because I don't apologize. I do admit, but he's played one game, homie. Stop. <laughs> now that's one thing, JB. I don't know. We might not have time today. But I do want to re- bring up maybe tomorrow's show. We can start off with it or something. Bring up your top what twenty five college quarterback list. Your predictions, because I if I notice you did not have Shador on that list, and at the time we understood. But and it's been one game. It's been one game. I'm just curious if if you know after after one more week or whatever, or some of them names that's on that list be removed. Some will be replaced because, as you mentioned, and we'll we can get on this maybe after I finish my him versus him. Quarterback play was not that hot overall, and some of the quarterbacks that you had on that list and that top ten, top fifteen, top twenty, whatever above Shadur did not look good. And, and a couple quarterbacks I didn't think looked great yesterday. Let's hold another conversation. But let me finish my him versus him, and then we can bring that back up. So I got uh, two more for you. Two more for you. Him versus him. Chip Kelly or Lincoln Riley? Uh, oh, man, you're putting me, you know, you've, I've kicked both guys out of my office. Chip and I basically have a uh, <laughs> a bad, bad relationship. Um, I don't mess with Lincoln or Cliff. <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. <laughs> Uh-oh, what's he looking for, y'all? What's he looking for? I'm nervous. I don't know what. I didn't trigger some emotions, y'all. <laughs> um, Chip, Chip Kelly, fucking guy. I said head Chip Kelly tells Lincoln. I'm gonna go head Chip Kelly. Um, listen, Chip kind of rebuilt Oregon from Mike Bellotti era. Took him to play a nat- for a natty against Auburn. Should have won that game. Um, if you break the film down, they should have beat Auburn that game. Um, they did it. He's come in and saved his job at UCLA, um, by being a little better on defense and, you know, actually getting a few good, decent recruits that UCLA normally would not get. I like the quarterback from the other day, even though I think quarterback plays bad. Um, I'm going to take chip right now, just for the simple fact that, uh, you know, he's had the NFL shot already. So I don't believe he. I, had a good year. He had, he had like one good season in that field with the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the reason being is he's already tasted the NFL. 
I believe he's all in in college. Where Lincoln, I don't believe, is all in in college because he wants to taste the NFL. That makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. All right. Last one. This is my favorite one. Him versus him. Coach JB versus any other coach that I just listed above. Take your time. This is tough. Take your time. Oh, well, I see. I haven't coached D1, so it's tough. Uh, th- and I'm going to be fair. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be real. One. See, I'm, I never coached D1, but at the same time, none of those guys can do what I do. <laughs> Keep it real. Um, and I got to be honest. I'm being devil's advocate and being real. <laughs> if I was at any other place playing against any of those coaches, um, they would not have that same success. So I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> pop your collar, J- Hey, pop your collar, JV. I see what you're doing, baby. <laughs> hey, I love it, man. That's why this is the really show on the internet, man. Yeah, Down that mic, buddy. Fire shit, dog, around here. We do. Oh, my God. The mud. I got, look, I got I got my uh, cup right here in the back. Right here. Y'all see my cup right there in the back? And then I got my, look, I got my coffee mug right here. I got the brand new poster right there. I got the haters over there. I got the lovers right there. It's just it's a all it's a whole event going oh, on right now, man. All state uh helmet. Come and let me be clear go. here, Smitty. I gotta go, I gotta get I gotta talk to some stuff here real quick. All right. I'm taking a lot of heat right now on Shadora Sanders. Hold on. Let's talk about it. I'm ready. Let's do it. He's played one fucking game. But you know what, Jamie? I've been letting you off the hook a little bit because I haven't commented. You you said it twice, and it's been rubbing me the wrong way. You keep mentioning, like, he threw a 500-some yards, but 300 yards was all yak or whatever, whatever, the status that you're using. I understand well, that, that JB. It's not, it's not hate. You know, it's a fact, but you're saying it in a way to, like, lessen the, the no, great I'm play. I'm not lessening That's it. That's the I, energy I, behind I it. I said, I th- I told you, Steve and I talked. I said I was super shocked at how accurate he was with the deep ball. I said he was more accurate with the deep ball than anyone I saw all weekend. I said it on this show. I've already said it with Steve. I said I was I was impressed with the ball placement. He threw a dig route low. Yeah. So you don't want to throw a dig route high late because you're getting blasted by the say He threw it low where the receiver slid and caught it. I, I told Steve, I said, that's his best throw of the night. But nobody – that people that don't know quarterback play don't realize that. That was his best throw. Mm. Now, decision-making, poise. He yeah. got sacked multiple times. He got back yeah. up. Did, did he never, never shook. Come on. I said all that. All right. But listen, when we see Shador Sanders throw a bubble screen that does not go for 80 yards, when we see him throw a screen that does not go for 60 yards, when we see that and he does not have 300 yak yards, assholes pucker, Big Smitty, this shit gets real and the game changes. So when you play better football teams as we get going, he's going to have to show me that he is that guy. I'm not wavering at all right now i'm not gonna say i'm sitting here oh man i'm so sorry no i'm sticking to what i said let's just be honest he had one good game so far let's see him start to be consistent at a power five level i love his comment after the game 
I didn't throw for 500 in the HBCU. I love the comment. And I told Steve Kim, I said, hey, that's real talk, though. So it's not hate. It's just true shit. It's one game versus a bad team that got three returning rosters on, on their roster. Trust me. Let's see him do this day in and day in, and then I'll come on here and eat crow, Smitty. But don't have me eat crow after one damn game. No, what yes, if sir. What if Colorado goes one and ten? What are we going to be in here saying? You know what? JB was right. How about all that? So do I get to go out and say, where's all my motherfucking haters at? Like, do I get to do that? No, like, you're right. Calm your asses down, Eddie Mannyweather, and shut the hell up. <laughs> it's too early. You're right. You don't have to eat crow yet. All I'm saying, we're just taking little small notes. It is interesting that you did not have them in your top 25. And for him hold to put on, out that type of performance. Is this not true right here? Just remember, y'all. Hey, Coach Eddie may sound boy, dumb man. now. But hey, all man, I'm going to give you an automatic membership, Vin. Because I've been, I'm glad you listen, Vin. You don't just hear, Vin. You listen. I, you got to let shit happen. You guys are all so quick to jump the gun. Let shit happen. Who's that, Vin Diesel? I'm off the flame. Hey, I don't know. <laughs> hey, dog, let me ask you some real talk real quick. I know we're going to get into sport. Have you seen the video of Oprah and The Rock asking mid-American blue-collar workers for donations for Maui when they're have, facing yeah. two, billion, two billionaires asking inner-city folks who can't pay for goddamn gasoline in California, can't go buy groceries, and we're out here struggling to live, and you've got the audacity. I've lost all love and any type of inkling I had to coach in the U in the XFL for The Rock. I'm just keeping it 100 like I always will. I don't know if The Rock called me tomorrow and said, hey, I want you to be the head coach. I don't know if I accept that shit. I say, I might, I might stay with Big Smitty and blow this shit up. Rock. Hey, Rock, by the way, go give $5 million of your own money to fucking Maui, homie. I would no, you know what? I would tell you to accept that, honestly. And I would tell you we would continue doing this show and we would sign a deal with the XFL and with The Rock to where they like I'm thinking bigger picture. I'm like, take that job and we're taking the show with us, man. So that, that, that's what I would say. But now I have seen it, has been interesting. They put together $10 million not to go to the people, but to actually create the fund itself. And now they have the platform for people to donate. I don't know. It's weird. I've read up on a little bit, but it's uh I don't know, man. I listen. I stay in my in my poor lane, in my poor bucket. I don't know. These rich folks are confusing. They know stuff that we don't be knowing. They be doing all type of stuff with taxes, write offs, and all type of stuff that I don't know what they be doing, man. Um, but it hey, is. We've been off for a few weeks. There's been a lot of things that have happened, Big Smitty. I've done like a few rants. I've done a few rants. I've done I've done a rant on the BS high, which we both talked about a month ago. That when it when we talked about HBO was going to air it. Um, I don't know if you saw my BS high rant, but I got to ask you, did you watch the movie on HBO? I did not see the movie on HBO yet. Very interesting take. All those guys follow me on social media and I didn't even know that, but I do know this. And I did a, I did a rant. The guy, the head guy that everybody's talking about, this Roy, whatever. Oh, hold he, on. The B, yeah, yeah, I did see that. I did, the, the documentary or whatever. Yeah, I seen that. I did see that. Uh, okay. So he, re he reached out to me years ago, and I was like, what the hell is it? The quarterback that's the left-handed quarterback uh, is from right here, Temecula, California. Um, so, but 
People, I got to get your take on it because I wanted to get your take. I know Joe Budden did a take. Michael Rappaport tagged me on Twitter and, and, and did a video. I got to get your take on this because I want to know, I want to get a black man's take on what this cat did to a bunch of black kids. Because I, I got to be honest, I came out on a rant and was like, hold up. Let's not play victim here. You left California. The Let's argue. We can argue it. The best high school football state in the union. To go to Ohio to a made-up school that you didn't even know existed. That, to me, screams clout chasing. And then I did some research. That same kid tried to go to Indy, my old school, because why? Netflix was there, weren't they? Mm. You know where the kid is right now? Where? ELAC. You know what's being filmed in ELAC right now? Last Chance You Basketball. Why nobody breaks it down like that? Why nobody says, hey, I think you're full of shit and chasing clout, you and your mama. Mm. But common naysayers on social media have come out and defended the kids when I say bullshit. Go do better research. That's a you damn problem. And guess what? You got sold a lemon and bought it. There's no reneging on that. You better make better choices, dog. You're putting your future in another man's hands. And you're still going to claim victim? Nah, do some better research, dog, and go out and go grind. If you were that good, Smitty, you don't leave California with the best high school football in America. By the way, Modern Day is the number one high school in America. Been the number one high school in America for a while. Bosco is right there, 1A, 1B in America. We go to every state in the union and dominate their best team. Modern Day just beat the best team in Georgia by 50. So I'm just saying, why do you leave if you're so good? Don't you want to play those guys on ESPN? If you if you weren't so, if you were that good, you stay right here in Cali and you play against these teams. Why would you go to a made-up school? And now why are we defending this cat like he's a the, he's a victim? No, he's not the victim. You and your mama, who have done no research besides chasing clout, are the problem. But this, yeah. was, but this, so you're talking about one specific player right now, though, right? I'm talking about all of them. They all didn't come from Cali, though, did they? No, they all came from wherever they came yeah, from. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, yeah not, on, I get come, it. Yeah, no, for real. So, like, so it's interesting, man. I watched that, and I, I asked you a question. I don't think there's any victims. Cause like you said, I'm I'm putting myself back in high school, darn it. I'm 17 years old. I'm trying to get I'm, I'm trying to get recruited. I'm trying to figure out what's next or whatever. No, no way in hell I would even put myself in position to be at a school with no name. Like I wouldn't even want to go to a school that has no like no brand name to it. You know what I'm saying? Like even if, even if it was like Bishop Sycamore was a real school, I wouldn't even want to go there because I've never heard of y'all. Y'all have no history. There's, there's nothing about you that's that's enticing for me. Number one. So that's on, that's on the player side. But number two, I do have to put a lot of blame on the coach because I, with, with anything, I always put majority of the blame on the adults in the room just because you're a grown-ass man. Like, you know better. And, 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 and you did this whole thing. You, you, not to cut was, you off. You know these kids majority were 20, 19, 20. I hear you, but this this man oh, is a like, grown-ass man. Like he, Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I get you. But listen. You're 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 giving these 17 to 20 year olds a pass in college to transfer and NIL money, but not a pass here in this situation. What you mean? It's like that, that don't hold on. Huh? 
You just said you, you blame the grown man in the room. I, I said I blame the kids, but I also put more I put more blame on the adults in the room. Yes. Okay. So if you're blaming the grown man in the room, how are you are you blaming the grown man in the transfer portal in college football right now? I don't I don't you've been on record stating that the kids should be able to go wherever and the coach should be basically either forfeit money, not be able to leave a school after he signs there. He I'm should- saying, yeah. So my state my statement there is if coaches can just leave, can can recruit me to and say, Hey, you're gonna come here, I'm gonna coach you. This is and the third, and they can just fucking leave. A player but, should be able yeah, to leave. Like- all right, let, let me. I'm, I might have confused everybody. I apologize for that. You apologize right at the time of when you apologize. That's when you use the word apology. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm I'm saying, we're putting kids on the same pedestal as grown men who have been playing or or, or in a profession for 40 years, feeding their family. They should have the right to go get a better job. A right. kid that's 17 to 20 does not. They haven't done anything in life to show me they are deserving to be on the same hierarchy pedestal as a grown folk who's been doing it his whole life. It doesn't make sense. Please make it make sense for me because it doesn't. The, we, the reason why that the reason why it does make sense is because again, JB, if you recruited me out of Warren Central to come play for you, right? And a large part of why I'm going to Kansas is because of my respect for you and who you are as a man and as a coach. And then you leave, a large part of why I was at this school is now removed. Now this next coach comes in who didn't recruit me, only only likes guys who are 6'3 and above, doesn't play short defensive tackles, I don't fit his scheme. Why would I just stay not to play when the whole scenario and foundation of why I came here changed? It has nothing to do with proving myself or I'm not old enough to make decisions or I haven't worked hard enough to, to make to leave. Like It has nothing to do with that. A large part of why I'm there, why I came there, has left. That's why I'm able to leave. That's my that's my main argument there. So it's, 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 then let's then let's stop calling it amateurism. I agree. Let's stop. Let's start calling it professional football. Because it. here's the bottom line: I haven't heard you. I haven't heard anybody in the chat. I haven't heard anybody on mainstream media talk about the history books that aren't being bought. The math classes that aren't being set in and the money that's not being made. Let's just keep it real. There is no more student athlete A. It is athlete. There's no more student. So when that occurs in human life and the student element has been removed, it is professional football. Guess what college football just did and implemented, Big Smitty? A clock. That just keeps running, did they not? They did. What is that simulance of? NFL, professional football. Yeah. It is professional football. And that is what we need to realize and stop feeling sorry for kids who want to leave a program to go chase money at another program. I'm tired of hearing and seeing it. Put it on you. If there's 6,000 kids in the portal without a home and only 1% of those kids either A, graduate, or B, go to the NFL, stop calling it victims. They're not. They made a grown man decision to enter the portal. 
and you made a grown man decision to understand life's about choices. You fucking made them. There's 1% of you going to the NFL and there's 1% of you graduating right now. 1% of the portal's graduating, Big Smitty, because you know why? They get stuck in the portal, they're caught in the portal, and they don't leave the portal because right. the portal used to go back to JUCO, and now JUCO is imploding in front of our very eyes because we are not sending them back down. We're keeping them in a portal that is basically parallel to what is happening in college football. And it's not a – there's no more steps. Everything's parallel and lateral. There's no more, I'm going to go back down to JUCO, earn my stripes, go back to Power 5. No, I'm going to sit in the portal and hope somebody feels sorry for me and takes me out of the portal and I can just go right back to D1. That is the one problem we face in college football with the Steve Kim point. Why should we have to turn over 65 kids a season when the fact of the matter is this? 30 new kids go to a new program every single spring. You know what that does? Changes philosophies. of Every head coach has a different philosophy, not only on life, but on how to tackle. We have more injuries than we've ever seen before. Why? Because you left Nick Saban's tackling method, and you went to LSU, and you learned a new tackling method. You left Nick Saban's weight room philosophy. You went to, you went to Georgia's new weight room philosophy. Everything is different. There is no more culture being created. There is no more men being created because we have more single mothers than we've ever had before raising boys, and we're expecting them to turn them into men. Women can't turn boys into men. Sorry, everybody. And this is why I go back to our original point of BS high. This woman who is raising a young boy to be a man who never went through recruiting because she never played football, Smitty. Right. There is an experience that is lacking. You didn't know how to fend off the predatory recruiter Agreed. in this profession. And that is what got you duped at BS High. 100%. BS High duped you, lady, because you don't know the process and you didn't have a man to raise your boy. And now that man is never going to become one. He's a boy continuing to look for a man to raise him. And that is what's happening in America. And I'm dropping the fucking mic. Now I feel you. And I like how you brought it back full circle and going back to the BS high. Cause I didn't have, I didn't have a chance to, to finish that on that particular statement. I think all part, I think two, two, three things can be true. The players aren't victims. They should have took more time and research to, to know who where they were going. They, are, they aren't idiots. Like, they had to go look them up, Google them, and notice that it was weird. And that on Twitter, you saw on Twitter how the Bishop Sycamore Twitter, their whole entire feed was adding players and saying, check DM or message me, message me, message me, message me, message me. What school in America that's legit is going to have their entire Twitter feed just going out the players constantly, 100% message me, message me, message me. It looked like a damn bot page. So that's number one. So I, I do blame school, the player for that. Like I know one school that does it, Colorado. Oh. Well, again, I'm talking about on the actual Twitter feed, like I looking did, at did. the page. Like yeah. it, if you guys watch the documentary, you guys know, know what I'm talking about. So I do blame the players. But again, I put more blame on the adults in the room because the coach, whatever the guy's name was, he was the one that put together this entire fucking plan. He was the one that, that put out this whole 
a, a dream to these kids. And he specifically reached out to kids who either got, got in trouble or kids that grades were messed up, kids who were on their last chance, <laughs> kids who were who were feeling like, damn, man, like I, you know, I, I messed up my opportunity to, to go to college or go to a big school. And now this, out of nowhere, this random school's reaching out. It seems it's to, to them, they're like, it seems legit. Even if it don't seem legit, they're saying that because they don't have any other way out in their head. They're like, I just, it's a chance to put, play football. He's telling me he could put me in a room with college coaches and, and, and give me an opportunity. Fuck it. I'm taking it. I don't care what I'm taking it. And then the first few weeks, they're getting food. They're in the hotel. Things are seeing legit. They're like, okay, well, shoot, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? And then you end up time, time, time goes, and you end up looking back and like, hold on, man. This whole thing was a sketch. He, he did us wrong. He's, he's getting money. He didn't. So, like, again, I think all parties need blame, the parents for sure. But to your point, I think a lot of the parents' side, just they like the women just literally just don't know how this thing goes. So it's kind of like I blame them, but it's almost it's just ignorance. If you don't know, you don't know. The kids sh- should have took more time and been just used common sense. And then the coaches, the guys who actually ran the organization, that's just wrong. You never take advantage of kids, period. Young men, whatever you want to call them. Don't take advantage of people in, in their situation to benefit you. That's just wrong. I, I, I that's not who I am. Listen, listen. I said it all. I say it all the time. Like, if you're in the profession to take kids' money or use kids in a manner that's not to better them, yeah, then you should fucking be out of this profession. You should not be around anybody's kids. Thank you. But just as I say to kids, raise your hand if you know what the NC2A qualifying is and they cannot tell me Mm. is a you problem and the head coach's fault. So the head coach didn't teach his players what it takes to graduate from his high school and attain an NCAA scholarship. That is shame on you as the grown-up. But it's also shame on you, kid, for putting another man, your future in another man's hands. Because I'm tired of hearing the excuses and the, oh, I, I got duped. No, you have to be the CEO of yourself, young man. Because all I hear is y'all saying to a grown-up, I'm a grown-ass man. Don't talk to me that way. How many young kids do you hear say that? They say it, but they don't mean it's true. <laughs> it don't matter. Then don't say it. So if you're a grown-ass man, homie, then guess what? You need to go do some better research and be the CEO of yourself. Because the CEO of yourself understands what? A, how to graduate. B, how not to put my future in another man's hands. C, how to treat women. D, how to know about xyz in the recruiting process and this is all attainable researchable methods this is no excuse anymore you live on your phone smitty yeah so i just see it both ways if you're taking advantage of any young person you're a fucking criminal a b also when you start to get pp loans and, and 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 start dabbling in financial aid you are a federal criminal and yeah. C, when you start to actually understand the fact that my job is to get you where you could not get yourself, that definition of a coach, and you're not doing that, 
you're there to better yourself, then you need to get out of the fucking profession and you should never coach kids again. But, so it goes both ways. I'm just trying to be honest. I'm teaching kids how to not put their future in even my hands. Right. But it, nope, especially not some septic that's not going to care about you. So my kids knew at least, okay, JB cussing me out, but damn, that mother gave me a burger last night and got me some new clothes. He actually paid my mama light bill in Louisiana and whoopty whoopty whoop. See, that's what nobody knows. Those kids know what I did for them off camera. And that's why you've never seen a kid talk shit about me because real recognizes real. And guess what? I built a relationship with those mamas. And those mamas told me, coach, go upside his motherfucking head if he talked shit. Because the mama was the one I recruited, not the kid. And this is why, Big Smitty, I would whip everybody in Division I football's ass when it comes to recruiting. Because they can't fuck with me. And that's the bottom line. And these cats know it. There's a reason, Big Smitty, that every roster in college football Division I that gets fired DMs me every year to go be their head coach. Mm. It ain't coincidence that Texas A&M's kids hit me up. Mm. Arkansas's kids before Sam Pittman hit me up. Mm. You want to hear a true story nobody knows? Talk to me. The number one recruit to Arkansas's board was a kid that I saw followed me on Twitter. I DM'd him. I said, hey, dog, if I get you to stay at Arkansas, because he decommitted, if I get you to, if I got the head job at Arkansas, would you commit and stay at Arkansas? He goes, hell yeah. And I go, send that to your AD at Arkansas. Damn. Send it to your AD because he was going to leave Arkansas. And I said, if I come, will you stay? Dog, everyone in that fucking roster DM'd me. Damn, Coach, we go, we're hollering at our AD. We want you. Florida State did it. Arkansas did it. AM did it. Remember a couple years back, I don't know if you followed me, but it blew up on Florida State's website, Arkansas's website. They made memes of me in, in, in a Florida State coaching attire. Nebraska did it last year. Damn. There's no coincidence that these players know what's real. These players actually want discipline. They just don't know it. Right. So that's, that's, what they, that's why they don't understand. They will never let me in the circle, Big Smitty. Because I will dominate their ass. Mm. And that's the problem. I'll have every, imagine the whole fucking transfer portal being at my school. Because that's what will happen. Real shit, man. Hey, have the, the kids to be at your school. Have the other kids to be at Colorado. It'll be you and prom. Top two in the nation. <laughs> Recruiting classes. Uh, I'm just saying. That's I'm real. No, saying. that's real. Real, it's real, uh, man. I love it. It is what it is. I mean, it is what it is, man. Hey, man, we got about 15 minutes left, left in this thing. I got, we got to touch on a little, a little NFL just briefly. You know, we'll, uh, before we go, we'll obviously dive into that much more as the week goes. But man, this Chris Jones story, man, is getting getting spicy. We've been talking about it. Oh, who's, who, who, who's the guy that said something about this? JB, oh. you said. Hell no, nah, hell no. Nah. I'm not letting this shit go. That Chris Jones wasn't going back. And did I not say the Chiefs are going to be shitty without him? Did I not say it two months ago? And everybody in here said, you tripping, JB. There's no way Chris Jones will be back on the roster this week. Well, guess what? He ain't. And I'm telling you right now, he ain't going back. He said it three months ago. And I, I'm going to be real. I was the guy that said, JB, 
listen, ain't no way in hell Chris Jones ain't going to show up. And at what? the time, y'all, I'm admit, listen, I don't apologize like JB said, but we admit, I'm admitting, I thought ain't no way in hell Chris Jones going to sit out the entire camp, miss out on all that money, and not play. But Chiefs open up this season Thursday. This week, they're already in, like, practice mode right now because they got an early week. Today's like what? Like a Wednesday-type practice down there, Tuesday-type practice. And they play the Lions on Thursday. He's not showing up. He's not going to play, y'all. And my question for, for you, JB, and I'm going to answer my own question first because I'm I'm hot on this one. Can, can the Chiefs repeat without Chris Jones? And I'm going to say, hell no. Chiefs kingdom, be, be afraid. Be very afraid, Chiefs kingdom, because I'm telling you, Chris – Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. He's amazing. We understand all that. But Mahomes can't fix every problem. And I'm telling hey, you. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to drop another hot take, homie. I'm going to be real. Drop I'm going to drop another hot take. If Dan Orlaski don't come on this show like he told me he would, I'm going to start blasting Dan. Dan, I know, watches this show. And Dan went on ESPN. And Dan said exactly what the fuck we said on this show a day before. He said he loves Patrick Mahomes, but if Chris Jones don't go back, they are five less win team. Did I not say that on this show the day before? So I want some goddamn homage around this motherfucker. <laughs> Shit. Let me fan him off, y'all. Let me fan him off. You know what else I know? I also know that your boys watch this show and they dropped the exact inside information I gave about Pat McAfee going to ESPN the day after we said it on this show. Mace, Mace and uh, whatever oh, Cameron. Cameron. So stop acting like cats ain't watching this motherfucker. They are watching it. Trust me. Matt Barnes, you name it. They watch the show, homie. Marcellus Wiley, stop playing. They watch it. Real recognizes real. But don't trip. We're gonna get this shit cracking, and with or without you, this JB said, "Hey, JB said, give me my acknowledgement." He said, "Give me my acknowledgement." He said, "It's cool." He said, "Hey, watch the show. We want all the views. Watch the clips. We want that. That's all love. We might see some of the stuff you say, but it's pay homage. If I ever use somebody's stuff, I'm gonna pay homage. But hey, man, hey, I got my source from so and so. I saw this from like you know what I mean. Just keep it, keep it real. If you watching this, say you watching it. So, but listen, I, I'm right there with you. Listen, Chris Jones. If he don't show up, the Chiefs are not repeating. Point blank, period. We're going to cut this clip right here because I know Chiefs Kingdom, they hate me on Twitter, JB. I know they don't like you either, but I'm just keeping it real. As a former defensive lineman, defensive tackle, I know how important it is to have a great defensive lineman leading your team and leading that defense. And the Chiefs defense is already questionable. They're, they're very opportunistic. You know, some games are there, some games are not. Having a guy on that front line who can give you 15-plus sacks and just, and just be that presence on the line, impacts the defense tremendously not having them there is i've been seeing players say next man up next man of course you're gonna say that but you can't ain't no next man up to replace chris jones he's different he's the top two defensive tackle in the league right now and he might not be number two so without him chiefs kingdom be afraid be very afraid and that's all and that's my hot take that's what i'm saying jb point blank period well, hey but listen to our main man sean waffle who's helping out the show as well shout yeah. out to sean understand something He's right. You not only lost Chris Jones, you've lost Frank Clark and Carlos Dunlap, which I've said months ago as well. 
You have no interior pass rush. You have no interior three technique to take on the double team. You have no interior D-line help right now. You are having to play with a hybrid speed rushing type of system that is going to get ate up by run game, play action pass, and boot nakeds because they're going to be so damn aggressive pinching them down and trying to get to the QB because they have no interior help. They're going to have to bring pressure from different angles, different areas, and I'm just telling you, you're going to have to now press on offense. Be li- listen to what I'm telling you. You're going to have to press on offense without a Tyree kill, without a big outside wide out. Now you're going to have to understand that, okay, I got to live and die with Travis Kelsey, Pacheco, McKinnon, and I got to try to maneuver this system to score a lot of points because I don't know if our defense can hold up. And guess what you do when you start to press? You fucking throw picks. You you stress, and you start to turn the ball over. And I'll be right here saying, but what do I know? What do I know, man? We will see it. We will see it. We're going to see it soon, y'all. NFL Week 1 is finally here. Thursday night football, man. I'm going to have to do it more. We're going to predict all week long, Big Smitty, but Detroit's beating the shit out of Kansas City Thursday night. (laughs) I can't wait to make – I think Wednesday is when we should make our full picks. Like, oh, yeah. Hey, Detroit got that. Hold on. Where's the game at, though? Is it in Detroit or is it in Kansas City? I don't care if it was in Iraq. Detroit (laughs) wasn't that ass. If it's in Kansas City, I got to go with the Chiefs. I I, got to go with the Chiefs if it's in Kansas. I think the Chiefs are going to win this first one. It's going to be a tight one, though, because the Lions got a great offense. Uh, they're they're up and coming. They're, they're, they're opportunistic. So we're gonna see, man. We're gonna make our full uh, weekend picks later on this week. But I want to end the show, JB. We got seven minutes left, man. I said it earlier. I want to like kind of start ending our show a little differently, JB, where we can actually engage and interact with our members. Our members be over to. So if you're a member right now, man, send us in any questions that you want asked about. It could be a question about life for JB or myself. Question about your favorite sports team, your favorite player, your favorite uh, predictions, whatever the case may be. We're going to use this opportunity for members only to get their questions asked. And, and shoot, maybe we can put in, uh, if JB can drop the number, we may even give one of y'all a chance to call in if the timing works out before we uh, close out here. Drop drop, drop, our, drop the link in the chat if you can, JB, and uh, give, a, give a guy a chance to call in. But in the meantime, Members, drop your questions, and we're going to answer it for you right now, man. Yeah, Blake, I got, the, I got the background, man. I'm not playing around, man. I heard y'all listen to y'all, and that's what I did, man. Hey, the link is in the chat. The link is in the chat. Um, hey, Chris, you might have been taken off of membership. You have to re-up because I think it booted a lot of members out because of the re-formatting uh, of the new membership and all that. So you may have to look at it because a lot of people had to re-up. I saw a bunch of new members because they got booted out. So you guys might have to do that. Um, Warren Central Tennis Court. I don't know. Who cares? Warren Central is a mid-high uh, school. Um, we do have tennis courts. If you go to Warren Central's campus, it's almost like a, like a damn D2 <laughs> college campus. We have a beautiful turf field, stadium, basketball court, tennis courts, practice field on grass, you name it. Only thing that we need is an updated, upgraded locker room, and I think that's in the works. So that's all we need. Hey, by the way, can I can I drop some breaking news? Yep. University of Georgia, another staffer 
was arrested just recently, today, uh, for driving reckless and speeding. A staffer this time, not a player? Well, there was a staffer involved in the drunk driving deal with Jalen Carter, too. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, this is a this is what happens when you continue to bring the best talent and around your program. This is what happens. Just ask Urban Meyer at Florida. Ask him at Ohio State. Ask Pete Carroll at SC. Ask anyone that's had great success. Miami and Dennis Erickson. When you have a lot of shitbirds, a lot of shitbirds are getting involved with managing those shitbirds. And you start to see a lot of drama happen. Kirby Smart now has to be that guy and say, listen to to this shit. Because it's going to get ugly in Georgia because of we're in a cancel culture PC world. And once you lose one game... You'll start asking for his head because that's the world we live in. And you'll get all the Karens. You'll get all these different folks coming forth just like they did when Andy Reid's son almost killed a young man there before the Super Bowl a couple years ago when they lost that Super Bowl. I have receipts. Andy Reid needs to go. Blah, blah, blah. But it's crazy how Chief Queendom forgot all that. See, we live in a now world. We live in a now world. Right now, Kirby Smart cannot do any wrong. But let's wait. If they lose a game, all this is going to come back. Oh, you had a staffer arrested, Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter will come back in two years if they start losing. Hmm. That whole discussion will come back why you should be fired. That's how crazy. Winning is the cure for all, JB. You know, if you win, everybody just keeps their mouth closed and forgets. But if you lose... Everything comes to light, so we shall hey, before, see. Before we take some questions, I don't know if anybody's called in. Yeah, James, we got two people called in, JB, uh, real quick. Try to bring them in to answer one of their questions. We got James Jennings right. in here. Joe, what up? Joe, up, Joe? Cohort, big contributor to the show. Joe, what up? We can't, can't hear you. Know. Is he on mute? What's going on? He's on mute. Take him off mute. I'm not on mute anymore. Nobody wants me on mute. No, All right, Joe, you got a quick one set. You got 30 seconds. Ask us a question. We got to get through a bunch of callers. Okay, next weekend we got Nebraska-Colorado, okay? We got Colorado winning that game. Do you see Do you see something where the game day makes an appearance for a Colorado-USC game? Because they- I don't know about – I'm going to answer that. I don't know about game day because I'm not – I don't rock with that network, but I do know at Fox Sports – we got Big Noon, and I might see Big Noon over there in Colorado again like we did last week. So check out Big Noon. Next caller. What's, What's up, up, y'all? James? How you what doing? Up, what up, James? Hold on. You got a, is that a Dallas Cowboy hat on or is that an American hat on? Make, make a tr- it, it was a gift from the father-in-law. I don't, I don't rock with the Cowboys. You know that. It was a, I'm in Texas. I'm in Dallas. So. All right, continue. Continue. Go. Right. I'm sorry. Hey, shout, shout out to Fox Sports. It's the best stream for college football. Nobody comes close. Uh, my question is for the for the uh, for the show: What's y'all's biggest goal between now and the end of football season? I love you guys' show so much, so appreciate you. Hey, appreciate you, James. Um, I don't know, Spinny. Go ahead. Biggest goal. Biggest goal, man. Honestly, for me, is just to put out the best possible show every single day. It's not a, for me. It's not like the numbers will come. Everything else will come with it, and I try not to worry about that as much. I want us to. to Wake up every morning and feel excited and know that we're putting out the best product possible for all of you and for us to continue to grow this thing as much as we possibly can. So that's for me. 
Hey, uh, let's end the show with our top five college quarterback performances of the weekend. Let's do it, man. I think um, top five. Okay, I'm gonna go with at number five. And this is top. This is top of the head. This is live. So that's why we the really show right right here, y'all. I got five names. I'm trying trying to think of the order. Number number one. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm keep it. I'm going to keep it with that. I'm going to go with Caleb Williams, number one. And, and a, a little bit of it is kind of biased, I'll say. Not biased, but it's like the first – they got two games already. So, right now, the brother's throwing for like nine touchdowns, no picks. Like, he, he's already in Heisman mode right now. So, I got to go with Caleb Williams, number one. Number two, I'm going to go with Shador. Again, expectations. No one really thought he was going to play the way that he did. So, I got to go with Shador. 500-plus yard, four-plus four touchdowns at number two. Um Number three, and I know this guy started off a little slow, like you guys mentioned, you and Steve, but once he got going, he got going. I, Michael Penix Jr., I thought played very well, especially in, in that second half. I got to go number three there. Um, four and five. This is tough, man. We had some questionable quarterback play this, <laughs> this, this week one. Um, I'm going to go with – he didn't play the whole game because they were kicking their ass, but – Bo Nix had a, had had a pretty had a good game running and throwing, you know what I'm saying? So I'll go with him at number 4. You know, it wasn't like amazing, but he, he did what he's supposed to do, but you put up 81 points. I mean, I got to show love to that. Number 5 JB. Who had the fifth best performance? I might need your help on number 5 JB. I'm trying to think. Who had the fifth best performance out of this weekend? I'm trying to think. FSU uh he uh he did all right, but he kind of <sighs> Uh yeah, it, w- you had your boy last night for Florida State. You gonna give him any love? Yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I could give him some love, man. It just say he started the game off kind of like it was. A, it was some questionable decisions where I was watching the game and I'm like, hold on, bro. Like, what are you doing? But Jordan Travis, he did like once he locked in and focused up. And second half was played a lot better. So I go, I go with Jordan Travis at the fifth spot. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna give anybody that plays a FCS school any any credit. I'm just gonna be honest. Not, not right now. Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma looked good. They beat somebody 73 nothing. They beat Arkansas State and Butch Day, Butch Jones, who was crying on the sideline. Um, we won't even get into that. We'll get into that this week. Uh, here's my let's 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 here's a real quarterback guy telling the nation who had the best performance. All right. Yeah. Shadir Sanders, I'm gonna put at number two. Okay, I did too. Number three, I'm gonna put Michael Penix Jr. All right. Number four, I'm going to put Emory Jones at Cincinnati. Mm, I didn't check him out. Number five, I'm going to put um, Sam Hartman. Notre Dame. And number one, I'm going to put a guy by the name of TJ Finley at Texas State who beats a Baylor. Baylor team, a power five team, again, should never, ever happen. TJ Finley beat a Baylor team, and he looked like he belonged, and it wasn't even close. So, but what do I know? I've said Sam Hartman's the most NFL-ready quarterback in this class. I'm going to continue to say Sam Hartman's the most NFL-ready quarterback in this class. I also like TJ Finley a lot, and I also – I'm not going to be I'm not going to dismiss the fact that Shadur impressed me with his ball placement, with his accuracy, with his poise, because he has his daddy's nutsack. Let's just be real. 
and his bloodline. And the kid is probably has no excuse at home. You're going to be great. And it's probably been embedded in this kid forever. I'm not going to be shocked that Shadur Sanders has a great year, but I'm not going to be shocked either when he starts to hit a wall and struggle and you guys all come back and say, damn, let's fucking wait a few weeks. <laughs> so let's just be real. We got to keep it real be on both sides of the fence here. But TJ Finley is a really good good cue, and he beat a Baylor team at Texas State who also has 50-plus transfers, just like Dion did at Colorado. So football is back, Big Smitty. Yep. This show is going to be lit all week long. It is Labor Day. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the weekend. Um, you know, much love to everybody. CoachABStore.com. All this new merch. You can go get it. Uh, these fire-ass hats. I got all kinds of different hats on there. Uh, and also Patreon. Uh, we're going to drop some more episodes of Last Chance True this week. Uh, become a member today. And also make sure you're a new member of our Slap Nation and right here, if you're not a member, become one. Because like I said, there's going to be a lot of perks given out, a lot of things going on this year. So be a part of it. And uh, much love to everybody. Smitty's girl's going to be bringing Chick-fil-A to him any moment. I can't see it. I don't want to see it. Um, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. We got a new intro video. Make sure you drop the comments what you guys think of the new intro video. I like it. I think it's fire. My boy Spree Well. Spree did it. My first co-host ever on the Slapdick Podcast. He has made the track for us, and he did it in 48 hours, man. Listen, Spree wanted to do so much more, but he had, I, I always have last minute. So shout out to Gabriel Harden, our video editing guy, also for making the video, and my boy Spree for putting the track over the video. And shout out to Prize Picks, Bet Online, Factor AD, and um, – Make sure you understand something. We got a new sponsor, like I was saying, and it's uh, and it's called, and they're a moving company called AQMS, right there behind me. Yeah. And yep. if you want to move, trust me, just stay in touch. I'm gonna have a promo code and a phone number for you to call. If you want to move, you got to use these guys. Uh, much love tomorrow. Uh, we'll have Matt on. Uh, we got uh, Steve will not be on tomorrow, but Matt will be. Steve's traveling. Steve will be back on Thursday. And we'll get some special guests on Wednesday. And then Friday, Joe Madden will join us. Jeff Nadu, uh, Big Matt again. Uh, we're going to get Zach Smith on here. We got a loaded lineup every single day. And we're just getting going. So much love to everybody, Big Smitty. Uh, we'll be back on in less than 24 hours. God willing. Much love, everybody. Pound that like. Peace. Missing. We switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we killed it, yeah, it's a wrap. We won the games we missing. We switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach JB. Coach.